long story short, I think you should just let your kids watch whatever you want. You yeah. know, uh, whatever they want. As long, you know, I mean, there's a line, but yeah, they should be able to watch whatever they want. It's not the cartoons that would do it. Um, <laughs> I was like, look at me. I grew up watching SpongeBob and all this shit, and I turned out pretty good. You know, I got a successful job. I got a good family. And then there's my buddy who grew up watching VeggieTales, and he uh, he has three counts of child molestation or something. <laughs> oh, my God. And I was like, oh, so. shit. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> so let your kids watch uh, the neither shows. Do, neither do those kids. This episode of Unloading Me is not brought to you by your favorite mattress company, such as Sattva, Purple, hell, even Sealy Posturepedic. Do they even still make that one, Stefano? I don't know. I haven't bought a mattress in quite a while, ever. I usually just get the one left behind from the divorce. And, uh, you know, real talk, it's kind of hard to go back to that same mattress every night now that it's just me and... You know, the, the one that was my marital bed where someone used to spoon me and tell me everything's going to be okay. Every night I just wished that I had a sponsorship from a mattress company such as Sadza. My next guest is the ultra funny and hilarious Garrett Barbie. What's up, Garrett? What's up, man? Super so happy much. to be here. Thank you for so much for being on the show. I appreciate you inviting me, man. No problem, man. Uh, hopefully it wasn't too much of a drive. I took some crazy back roads I wasn't <laughs> expecting, but uh, it wasn't too bad. Well, thank you so much for being on, man. I appreciate it. Uh, first things first, what got you into comedy? Uh, man, I've always wanted to do it since I was a little kid. I, uh, I mean, way too early, watching Eddie Murphy Raw and stuff, mm -hmm. and... Uh, I said my whole life, like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I just, I kept pussing out, honestly. And I'm not scared to get up in front of people, but it's different getting up in front of people and hoping you're funny. Yeah. You know, like, you think you're funny and then you might not be, you know. And finally, my wife called me a hypocrite one time because I was, I was giving this big, long deal to my daughter, you know, do stuff you're afraid to do, you know, yeah. don't be scared. And she called me out on it. She's like, you're a hypocrite. Ever since I've known you, you wanted to be a stand up comic, but you won't even try it. I was like, all right, fuck it, I'll do it, you know? Yeah. And, man, my first set ever uh, was 10 minutes. and First set? My first set. Holy and, crap. Uh, man, I had so much anxiety. I almost left. I was so nervous to go in. And I was like, I was literally sitting in my truck like, you know what, I'm going to back out and leave. And then I thought, I was like, I am a fucking hypocrite. I need to, just, <laughs> I need to do it. And At least you can self-recognize that. You yeah, know? yeah. And I, had, I knew if I left, I was going to be mad at myself and... I did that first one, and uh, I got booked that night on my first show. And, you know, then I got a little cocky about it and uh, ate some humble pie a few shows later. Uh, <laughs> I was like, man, I can't miss right now. Like, I just I came out swinging, and I was like, I I'm perfect. Like, I'm too good at this. <laughs> yeah. Then I did a show at the Deco one night, and, man, about 15 minutes of just teetotal silence. Not. <sighs> I mean, like people started just talking. They're like, yeah, "This guy's terrible. <laughs> we're just, oh. we're gonna." Oh, it's terrible, and it humbled me up for sure. I uh, I started taking writing and stuff a little bit more serious, and we all need it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm gonna bomb again. It's yeah. it's a matter of time. Yeah. But 
I just talked on the uh, the last episode I shot with uh, Alex uh, Horner. Shout out to Alex. Uh, yeah. We talked about how I had a really bad bomb in last in February yeah. at the cellar, and it was. I think I talked to you off air. I had a panic attack on stage. Yeah, and it was more because I was trying to do a story. I was trying to get ready for my first showcase the following week, and mm-hmm. I was like, I want to try out this story, and I wasn't confident in it. I got into my head mm-hmm. and just completely anxiety fucked up the story midway through and oh, yeah. it just hit me hard and I bombed and I'm okay with bombing. But the problem was I, that story in context starts with me dropping the F word mm-hmm. because I'm talking, it's a, it's a quote from a, you know, what happens in the story. I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, <laughs> it was also, it's a bad story. I need to work on it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, I was so in my head about this that mm-hmm. completely just bombed. Yeah. And I wasn't so bad about I had a panic attack on, panic attack on stage, gave the mic to Roscoe, and then I went and threw up in the bathroom. Like, I was that. It, it happened hard. And then I was like. Is this like hyperventilating? And- like, the world's closing down. I'm thinking my, my body is like, I'm going to pass out. Like, oh. it's like hyperventilating. Yeah, the world, like, I'm just going down a black hole kind of thing. Right. So, yeah, it like, you feel the, the in your chest, everything. It just sweat, everything. Yeah. It's just not fun. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I just thought in my head that I was offending people. It wasn't so much that I had bombed. I thought I had offended people. So I was telling Roscoe in text, like, take me off the showcase next week. I, I shouldn't be doing this shit. And I was all <laughs> in my head. He's like, no, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And he kind of straightened me out, and he got me off that ledge. And I'm, I'm th- grateful that he did because yeah. I ended up having a pretty good set, I, I feel, at the showcase the next yeah. week. But, yeah, it, it happens. You're yeah. going to bomb. I bomb hard. And it's just, like I said, I, I felt I was offending people. That's when I got it in my head bad. And I really wasn't because I asked people later and they're like, I don't even remember your set. <laughs> Which is always good to hear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, who, you were there? Yeah. I would rather you not remember the bomb than remember me having a panic attack and throwing up in the cellar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I bombed at Deco, you know, it's, uh, I, I can honestly say I haven't done it much. I've had, you know, bad nights and yeah. nights that didn't go as good as hoped. And but that night at the, at the Deco, I mean, I don't know if you've, you're going to do it. Fresh faces. Yeah. 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 Uh, I just got booked. It's yeah. so well lit. I when I did Fresh Faces, it was it was great. I had a good time. Michael gave me a little extra time. Shout out to Michael, by the way. Shout out. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, he he's he's put me on quite a bit of stuff. Uh, Patton, right? Uh, yeah, Michael Michael Patton. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm horrible with last names. Horrible. Well, that's like, why. That's I why changed, I like. That's why I changed mine to Barbie, so people will remember it. That's why I like <laughs> had to ask you like multiple times. <laughs> I'm just horrible with last names. I don't know what it is. Yeah, after Deco and I bombed there, and it's well lit, so I can. It's not like. You know, a, a regular comedy club where I can't see past the first row. Yeah. It's <laughs> just looking at, like, 50 just disappointed people. Yeah. <laughs> I hated it. I, I was shocked he, he ended up turning around and booking me for a different show. And it, uh, I, I've i had – I've only other time I've done super bad like that um, was right when my, my mom was in the hospital. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I still need to go out and do it. And I went out and – like even the people in the crowd are like, Where, "Where's this guy going with this shit?" And, yeah, and I feel it, and I know I'm losing it, and I finally I was like, "You can have it back. I don't want to do it anymore." But it, I don't know. I like I said, I, I just took it, especially after I bombed. I took it so much more serious, yeah. and I learned pretty quick winging it doesn't work either. And, yeah. Uh, so I I ended up getting meticulous about everything I write and how I was gonna do it, and um, it, it's gone extremely well, and. I think I have one in uh, April in Plano, and nice. I just I've been eating it up. I I just want to get. I don't I don't necessarily want to sell out the BOK Center. Yeah. I just want to get to where that's what I do. Like, yeah, that would be that'd be phenomenal. But agreed. 
like I, I, that's where I am with this. Like this is the year I push fully into the podcasting and stand up. I put everything into this. Right. Like, uh, but like, I'm trying to really push to where by the end of the year I can at least get a couple sponsors to where this is self sufficient. I'm making money to where I can just be comedy full time. Right. Uh, I'm close. Like yeah. we're so close. It's just really trying to push it through. Um, it just takes a lot of work and time. <laughs> but there, there is yeah. at the same time in Tulsa comedy the scene. There's so many good people, man. Yeah. Whether they're hilarious or they just do it for the love of the game or they suck. It was the same thing when I came into it. I, like I said I was so nervous. And uh, Brian Bizjack was the first one I met. Yeah. And I, I actually just talked to him today. He's uh, We're trying to book him for the show before I go on the Nintendo Attack next. Yeah. He, uh, Brian's yeah. a good dude, man. Shout out to Brian. Brian yeah. He, Brian's been nothing but an awesome to me. Yeah. He's he's as good as they come. We've done shows together. He's cleaner than I am. You know, but uh, he's me funny. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, Brian Brian's good man. I enjoy I enjoy him. He uh the only insult attack thing I've done was with Brian and it was a teams deal. He decided Ooh. to do this 5 against 5 deal. It was me, Dakota Six Killer, Cepeda, and we just That's we, a lineup. Oh, we killed. And that's the only one I've done. I went home champion. I was like, you know, it's good enough. I, I had a joke one night, and I, I don't necessarily care about being offensive or anything cuz it's 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 jokes, you know. I <laughs> I don't mean anything by it. I I have I have I have gay friends. I don't have a trans friend. Uh, I've met cool ones, you know. I don't I don't have anything against any of it. It's like religion, man. If that's what you believe, cool. I, it it affects my life zero. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I was gonna do Starlight one night, and I did have a joke that I knew if I took to Starlight was pushing it. Uh, it was a true story about this homeless lady in downtown calling me a faggot, and I I had this bit written out about how fag and faggot, there's a huge difference. Like, yeah. Your buddy calls you fag and it's fun. And man, I got in, I got in so much shit that night <laughs> for that before yeah. I ever even went to starlight. I yeah. ended up not going. And you know, I was getting like attacked. Like you can't tell these jokes. I'm like, I, I have nothing against it. You know, <laughs> and yeah. it wasn't even a gay thing. It was just how there's a difference in fag and faggot. And yeah. I, I don't like. I don't try to offend people. I'm not gonna say I haven't. I definitely have. Um, my comedy's not clean. Um, I got accused of being gay or a homophobe one time by this lady after a show, and half my set was my wife fucking me in my ass. So <laughs> how am I a homophobe? Yeah. You know what I mean? And like I said, I I thought for the longest time one of my best friends was gay. Like it it didn't bother me. It just I wanted. I've always wanted someone to come out to me, yeah. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with. I have something against gays. I've just always wanted one of my buddies to be like, "Dude, you know how I've been striking out for fucking five years? Yeah. It's because I like dudes. Like that'd be. I'd be awesome. That yeah. changed my whole life." So I took him on a drive. I was like, "Dude, just admit it. Like, and just be straight up with me." And then yeah. you know he attacks me. He's like, "Why would you like get super <laughs> shitty?" I was like, "I I don't know, man. I just assumed." He was like, "I'm not." And I was like, "Well, I don't care, man." I I came out to my friends and like they were just like cool. Yeah. I mean, my they took it better than my family. I mean, I have the family members that don't talk to me right now. Uh, see, that's such horseshit. To it's me. just eh. it's one like, of those things. You being like, oh, by the way, I'm Mormon. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm out of here. You know, yeah. it's just it means nothing to me. Yeah. It, that's who you are. You know, it's yeah. like the same thing. Like I said, with religion, if like if I'm you, I'm not religious, but I don't. I'm I respect not I respect people that are. Same. Um. People can have their release as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else and affect anybody else. It's my yeah. personal thing. Uh, 
Like I said, but yeah, you, that, you being you being gay, trans, Mormon, Catholic, Jewish, it affects my life zero. Yeah. So it does not. Yeah. It means nothing to me. I mean, it. I dealt with that shit for years. I mean, that's part of where I was like suicidal and shit. Because like I was, I was assaulted when I was sexually assaulted when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucked with my way of viewing gender and sex my whole life, basically. Yeah. Uh, so much so I didn't even tell my first wife. My both my wives didn't even know right. until my second wife left me and. My suicide letter that I converted to like a letter to her was my confession to her. That mm-hmm. was the only person I'd ever told. Right. And it was like 20 years I dealt with it. Yeah. And then I went and got therapy and kind of cracked the code on everything. Does it work? Yes. It does. Um, I'm not going to be a saying advocate that says like 100% go to therapy right now for everybody. <laughs> right. It's yeah. not for everybody, yeah. but it could be mm-hmm. if you find the right therapist. You got to find somebody that you click with that is just, hey, I can connect and talk to this person as just like a friend. Right. And on a personal level. Um, if you can find that and just go in there knowing that nobody's permanent, you can get any therapist you want. Right. Go in that mindset and then have goals about what you want to fix. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, therapy could solve pretty much anything, I think. Yeah. I uh, thought about going, you know, because I have, I have so much hatred towards my dad. Yeah. Uh, and, a, and a lot of my set is my dad. And uh, that's. Stand up the version of therapy too, dude. I honestly like it's, it's helped me be more so much more comfortable with myself and just like, mm-hmm. dude. I even went out there in a crop top once. Like, yeah. just, it built me made me better about my weight and everything too. Like, hundred percent. You feel like it's just it's therapeutic. Oh yeah, I I completely agree. And you know, like I said, when I was hitting open mics while my mom was in the hospital, I was sucking. I wasn't in. I wasn't even men- mentally even in the room to be there. And but I kept digging at it, you know. And, uh, man, after my mom was my, like my buddy, I yeah. hate my dad. If he died today, I'd be like, high five, you know, we would fucking kill it. <laughs> and, uh, but my mom was my best friend. Like yeah. I loved my mom. She was, she was strong. She was, she was, I, I told her shit. I haven't told my wife, you know, like, yeah. when she died, um, I started writing jokes about her dying and, you know, before I know it, I'm on stage and I'm completely over it. Like yeah. nothing, nothing. I don't regret anything with my mom. And I had this whole deal written out. It was a true story about her catching me jacking off when I was 17. And I turned it into a, a true joke. And and I just, I, I'm a true believer. Like, getting on stage and, and make something that's not funny. Like, my mom dying of cancer. Yeah. Um, make it funny. And yeah. it, it's, like, my wife's dad committed suicide. And that was her her best friend, you know. And at home, though, I just feel like you can joke about whatever. Yeah. Not Not just at home, but in general. As long as it's not like you know hate speech, like there's, yeah. there's a big difference in joking. tone, tone and intent for sure. Um, Just like with your jokes, I think pretty much if the if the person really listens to your set and actually genuinely listens, mm-hmm. they can tell intent. Yeah, like I said, I I have nothing against anybody. Yeah, my, like my, my wife's dad committed suicide. I make suicide jokes at the house all the time, and my wife's the same as me though. You know, I'm. I'm not talking shit on her dad. Yeah. You know, I just I just want to have fun. You know? But there's also that thing of like they say laughter is the best medicine and it mm-hmm. really is. And like um a lot of us, me included, have the response to stressful situations to crack jokes or to Same. laugh. And my whole it, life. Yeah. It's just how you deal with a stressful or a, a situation. Mm-hmm. And you can't help it. It's just a natural thing you have. Yeah. And my mom was the same way. Like I remember standing in in the room with her. And they were like, Rhonda, you're ate up with cancer. You're fucked. You know? And she was like, well, shit. Like, that's all. She was just so fucking, <laughs> she was so cool about it. And, you know, and I, 
I, I struggled though, you know, because I'm at the same time like you selfish bitch, you know, like yeah. get it together, you yeah. know, and because she had lied, she said she went and had this test, and they said it was nothing, and she lied hundred percent about it, and I think she wanted out too. On top of that, so there's that to deal with, but um, I closed that whole joke out because I like I said it's it's therapy on stage, you know, if I can. If I can get people laughing about my mom dying, then I've, you know, I'm, I'm laughing about it too. Yeah. And I closed the whole thing with, after she caught me jacking off, <laughs> I was like, so I told her that joke and I did in the hospital. That's a hundred percent true. Her laying, laying there on a ventilator. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to run this joke by you. I want to see what you think about it. <laughs> and, and I tell her this whole joke about me getting caught jacking off. And on stage, I wrapped it up with, and I, I told her this joke, and she immediately got more cancer and died. <laughs> and, oh, God. And it's it's true, though. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I told my mom this joke in the worst scenario, but I don't know what to do. Yeah. I'm standing there, and the lady I've, I've ran just dumb shit by my whole life is dying, and I'm like, you know what? Now's a good time. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run this by you, see what you think. And like I said, man, I, I truly believe being on stage, it is therapy. Yeah. Um, I make jokes about shit I would never talk to anybody about, which is also fun because I had a buddy show up at a show one night and I hadn't seen him, you know, since high school. And he comes in, he listens to the whole deal. He's talking to me after. And he's like, the fucked up thing about you is I don't know what was true and what you made up. Yeah. I have no clue. I was like, that's the fun of that's it. That's the skill though. of it. Yeah. I, is it a joke? Did it really happen? Did my wife really fuck me in my butt? You be know. the judge. Yeah. You be the judge. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I went to a hypnotherapist one time. Oh really? Yeah, I did. I I genuinely gave it a shot. I was like, you know what? I'll did it, try. Did it. it work? Not for me, no. Um, and I, you know, the whole joke on stage is, is real. I went home and I told my wife, I was like, I think it's bullshit. Yeah. She was like, No, you just won't let let it happen. You won't open your mind enough. My wife's, you know, she's a hippie, and I made this whole joke about me taking her up there, and she, I told the hypnotherapist, if this works, make my wife love anal, and. It all wraps up with her fucking me in my butt. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if it works, but yeah. to this day, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I gave it a good shot, though. I really did. Well, I mean, I, I, I talk about pegging in my, my stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, my Blue Whale submission has me talking. About, I don't know if you saw it. It was me talking about the only time I, my ex-wife was into Star Wars was when she was shoving a lightsaber up my ass. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then some guy in the crowd goes, this is the way. And I was like, oh! That dude, yeah. Yeah, props Din, to that dude. Yeah, he's on Din Djarin's level. And now <laughs> yeah. I'm, now that that is in my set. Like, I have included this is the way. I, I would, too. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> my buddy Paul, he's unintentionally usually, like, my film man. Yeah. And uh, it didn't matter if we're at the races if we're doing comedy that night or it doesn't matter. He's, he's for whatever reason, always like our cameraman. And I've always thought it'd be so fun, especially coming up into comedy. Now, uh, I've always thought it'd be so fun to have just someone film the fucking trip, you know, whether it's going, you know, the Sarasota, Florida to do shows or, or just going to the hunt club. I just think the journey, like people would be, it would be fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm a, Big proponent, and I'm a big fan of like professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I follow AEW. It's the I don't know if you know where what that is. Yeah. Uh, it's the I don't rival. Watch, but it, I know. Okay. <laughs> um. So like a lot of the AEW wrestlers also do travel vlogs. Mm-hmm. Um. And they're hugely successful. They do toy right. hunt vlogs, stuff like that, and people want to get to know them. And that's honestly where I've kind of tried to do this is like bring in the way pro wrestlers treat the business mm-hmm. and bring it to comedy. Cause I see a lot of parallels and similarities between how in like indie wrestlers work and how right. up and coming comics work. 
Uh, they're very similar in business models and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think, yeah, you can build a huge viewership and followership just or following just by, you know, doing that kind of stuff too. Right. Well, it, it's crazy. You know, there's I I I mean I'm huge into racing. You know, I grew up very white trash and. Uh, <laughs> We love. I'm racing. into pro wrestling, man. It's okay. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's now, you know, like there's a, there's a channel called Hunt the Front. Okay. Um, they started with nothing. One was that a school like a teacher. Porn. It does. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna do a spinoff series called Hunt the Butt, but uh, <laughs> they uh, then they came from nothing, just barely affording to race, and they just they they vlogged everything they did, and now you know, racing pays for itself, and then. I have a buddy uh, out of Mississippi named Chase Holland, and he's the same way. They just started filming them, the family going to the races, and yeah. where you know it, they that's their job now is to race and for free. They pay for nothing, and I, for me and you, like in comedy, you know, there's a million like us that yeah. have the same ambition, same. This is what I hope happens, and all that. But I just, man, I I've yet to see someone make a vlog about trying to make it into comedy. Yeah. And I think, especially in the Tulsa scene, man, cause it's so, it's so overlooked. Yeah. Um, um I, I honestly think Tulsa's on the bubble, man. Like as far I as about too. the, between reservation dogs, Tulsa King, the movies that are being shot in Oklahoma. Watchmen. Watchmen. Oh, uh, you heard me talk about uh, it. Like, yeah. Even bringing up the, the ugly side of Tulsa that actually needs to be brought up because. First 48. The, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> shit, dude. Like, I love the Watchmen show on HBO, but it, it also it made me sad on Twitter the next day because there were so many people that watched that show that thought that that was fiction that they made that up for the show. They didn't realize that that actually happened in Tulsa, the the Black Wall Street yeah. shit. And then they were like, "Oh my god, it's true!" There's a Wikipedia page for it, and then that blew up. And I was just like, "But it's true!" Like growing up in this area, it wasn't talked about. No, um, until I. Started, I mean, I mean, it's a predominantly white area in the place, in this area that I grew up. Yeah. Um, we're in Okie. We're in Oklahoma's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, it wasn't until I started getting more, like when I started working with cell phone companies and getting more friends of different nationalities, stuff like that, and upbringings, and started hearing what they grew up with and their history they grew up with, mm-hmm. uh, Native American history, stuff like that, stuff that like, they don't teach you in, in schools very right. much. And you started seeing all this sides that people are like hush hush about in Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, my second episode, I think we talked about the murder and Molnor murders that happened in the, like north of here. I don't know if you've ever heard about that. There was a famous there was a famous murder that called the Molnor Ranch Murders, and uh, there's a book about it. And apparently, the guy had mafia ties. There's like money, like he owed. There's a whole bunch of conspiracy theories about it, and it's never been fully solved. And it took place like 20 miles north of here and nobody really? talks about it or knows about it because even that book was like banned for a while to even be sold around here. Like they tried uh, to like just hide it. Fucking Nazi Germany, Oklahoma. It's just like, it's, that book was worth a lot. I think uh, on one of my episodes we talked about it and it's on Amazon now for like 80 bucks, like the original copies. You can buy it still. Really? Yeah. But it's still like a first print. Like it's, like, they only had like one print of it. Yeah. So like, uh, my dad told me about those murders back in the day because we grew up in this area. And like, he had actually, at one point they said like the ranch hand or the guy that was like the farmer's hand or something like that allegedly had been the culprit that did it. And my dad was at a store and ran into him. Oh yeah. And that guy was like, no one around to like stay the fuck away from this dude. Yeah. And he still lived around here. Like he never was convicted or anything. And he died in like Caney, Kansas. But to this day, everybody still thinks he did it allegedly. Yeah. That's the problem. 
and I'm sure it happens in every state. Yeah. That they just like hush hush about shit. Yeah, this happened like in the seventies or eighties. If it wasn't for my mom and dad telling me about the the quote unquote race riots, yeah, uh, I never we didn't even fucking brush that in school. No, and I we, didn't know about it until I like I, in all honesty, I didn't know about it until five years before that came out on Watchmen, just because like mm-hmm. I had a black employee that I became really close personal friends with, and mm-hmm. uh, to this day I consider like a sister, mm-hmm. and she told me that history, and I was like, what? And then it's just. You didn't know, like yeah. it's just not talked about, right? I, I, <laughs> well, I switched. I went to Tulsa Public Schools my whole life, so I was literally one of, I mean, a handful of white kids in the whole school. So I didn't give it, you know, the race bullshit meant nothing to me yeah. all through school. You know, I was I was the class clown, you know. So yeah, like my school couldn't be racist because we only had like one black guy. So like if there was, if there was a racist school, it's like we got to get Trevor. Like it's just like you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean. Like <laughs> there's just one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I trans I transferred, and we had to have a good football team, guys. So there was none, <laughs> no racism happening there. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, I, I transferred from from Tulsa to a small town, and I, I went from, like I said, being a handful of one of a handful of white kids in yeah. the school to a school that's hundred percent white, and it was shell shock for me. And I was like, like just true culture shock. Like, yeah. They're listening to George Strait and shit, and I'm just like, <laughs> it's crazy the pockets that you get. Like, it is, just... and. Uh, we had a clan in our neighborhood or oh. in, our, in our town, and I man, what? <laughs> oh my god! I did. We did, and I used to fuck with these guys. I was, you know, sixteen. <laughs> I didn't give a shit. And uh, man, we would literally. I knew where they were at. You know, yeah. I I, uh, I I thought about writing bits about it, but only way I can say it in my head is I. <laughs> so I got involved with the clan, and then I know I'm just gonna lose everybody, yeah. but um. We knew where they were at, and my buddy, my buddy JD was was Hispanic, and uh, you wouldn't guess it, but he is, you yeah. know. And we used to go fuck with these guys to where they would chase us, and JD used to panic, you know, like if they fucking catch or kill us, you know. And, but we used to just nonstop, and yeah. I, I look back at it, you know, because I went from like, like I said, if you were even remotely racist, you know, where I went to school before I moved to my my town I live in, you you got the shit beat out of you, yeah. you know, and and so I never. The racism shit never happened at yeah. school, really. You know, like we had H- Hispanics and, and Asians and blacks, and then I moved to this all white town yeah. with everybody's mom and dad's got money, and <laughs> I started fucking with the clan. And my out of the whole school, JD's the only one that's like two percent Hispanic, and he's panicking because they're gonna, f- I guess, do an a do a DNA test when they catch us and fucking kill him. <laughs> but we used to get him to chase us, like we would. <laughs> We would fuck? sneak onto their property and go fuck with these guys that obviously mean business. <laughs> yeah, I just I couldn't let. I don't even know if they're still there. We used to sneak out there just to, just to fuck with these guys, just so they would chase us and watch JD have a panic attack. And I I've never understood. I've never understood it anyway. Yeah. Uh, I don't hate anything that bad. Like, I, I me either. Anyway. I never understood it either. Like like and like it's funny. Like not funny, but it's. It's funny to me. I can look back at it and kind of laugh in in hindsight. Like, also, like, the amount of, like, homophobic shit that happened back in the day. Yeah. Just, like, I – there's, like, repressed memories I have of, like, not until, like, therapy or I brought up to somebody that I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, Like, one time I got into, like, almost a fist fight with another guy in, like, eighth grade football. Uh And the coach punished us by saying that we were both faggots. 
and then making us hold hands in full uniform and run laps holding hands as yeah. a couple. I watched my coach do that. And yeah. we did that, and the whole squad got to laugh at us. Look at the gay couple. That's what I grew up with, and it's yeah. just like a repressed memory. Like I didn't even remember it until I was like, oh, shit, yeah, that did happen. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That was kind of fucked up, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, like the, the town I moved to, the few kids that came out gay after school was over, you know. Yeah. I don't blame them. Yeah. As a small country school, there's no way if if I was gay, there was no way I would have ever had the had the balls, really. Yeah. I mean, I you shake it all you want, talk shit on it or whatever. It takes a lot of balls to come out. Yeah. Even in today's time where it's more acceptable than ever. Yeah. I think it is it takes so much balls to come out and be like, "Hey man, I'm gay or I'm yeah. bi or I'm trans." I, yeah. It's it, it wouldn't have happened at my school. And yeah. We weren't homophobic, but it just it was yeah. small country school. You never would have. Now you go to those like my kids, you know, are in the area schools and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and it's like nothing. Like it's yeah. like you know, in twenty twenty three, the kids. I mean, this generation is so cool with it as far as it's, it's yeah, like it's just crazy. be who you want to be. It, <laughs> like, is, it is crazy. Like you're you identify as this, cool. What's for lunch? Like that's just how they are about everything, yeah. and it's like, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's it's the way it should be. Yeah. Why does I've never understood that even in school. Um, I mean, there was kids that, you know, we went to school with that. I'm like, I'm pretty sure, you know, he's yeah. gay. Then when he, when they did come out of school, can you, like, can you believe that? I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he made it pretty obvious without yeah. officially saying it, you know. And I just, it, today, in today's time, I just felt like you should be able to come out. Yeah. And, and I, I've never understood that at all, the the hatred towards it or any of that. Cause like I said, it has to be stemmed, stemmed in fear. It, fear of the unknown and fear yeah. that yeah, it, it, it's just like because you know like i said it it affects my life zero yeah if that's genuinely what makes someone happy who yeah. gives a shit yeah it's like like it goes right like i said to religion who gives a shit yeah and it's like like so like when i came out to my family it was at thanksgiving last year as one is to do mm-hmm. you know during a fight yeah, it <laughs> seems like thanksgiving yeah yeah and it's just like when i was saying <laughs> we're like i didn't even mean to like I, I identify as bi but like i meant to say i, I have a bit about this i meant to say i was bi but and at one moment, like, there was like a little devil and angel. Was like, gay sounds better. So I was like, what if I was gay? Yeah, and I more just hardcore. Said, yeah, yeah, it sounds better. <laughs> and they were like, uh huh. They didn't know how to take it. And then I stormed out, and it turned into a big old thing. And now they don't talk to me and stuff. And it's like it's turning this huge thing. Uh, but like, it's it was one. It's now one of those things where it's like we don't have a problem with your choices, even though we think you know religiously you're going to hell kind of thing. Mm. And it's one of those things where like. <sighs> I don't need love with an asterisk right? kind of yeah. shit. And I'm like, if you're going to be like, keep me at arm's length and like, yeah, just don't talk about it or like hug us or anything like that. We find you gross now. Yeah, you catch, you will catch the gay. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I don't need that shit. Fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just gonna make fun of you in my stand-up nonstop. <laughs> yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Fuck them. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's crazy to me though. Like people turn it on people because that's what, yeah. you know, they like who gives a shit. And it's like people, like, uh, it's funny. Cause like, there, then there's like the false equ- uh, equivalency of like their religious views versus you being bi or gay, mm-hmm. and it's like they feel that that's equal. Like you should respect my religious views because I and I'll respect your choice. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I don't agree with that being equal. Just don't need that shit. I'm I'm more just like, yeah, I don't have a problem with your religious views. I just have a problem with you being a cunt. That's it. <laughs> that is it. I had this whole bit written out. I, I've only ran it a few times. About see, when I was growing up. Uh, Spongebob made you gay. Yeah. And I had friends who we could not watch Spongebob at their house because you'd end up, you know, sucking dick. And 
I remember as a little kid, I wrote it as an adult, but I remember as a little kid, like we could only watch Veggie Tales, and I fucking hated Veggie Tales. Like I couldn't go into my buddy's house because I was like, I'm not watching this cucumber and this fucking tomato. Which cucumbers? Yeah, I mean, Talk, yeah, it's yeah. gay already. It's gay. It's, yeah, yeah. It's gay as hell. <laughs> SpongeBob's not near as gay, you know. <laughs> and I had this whole bit right now about you know SpongeBob turning you gay, and we I feel like we all had that one friend. Yeah. Whether it was SpongeBob or you can't watch Simpsons or whatever. Yeah. And, family uh, Guy, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. and I, I grew up on all of it. You know, yeah. I watched Simpsons, Family Guy, South Park. I grew, I grew up watching it. And uh, but I had this whole bit written out that you know you should let your kids watch these goofy shows. You know, because it's not going to make them gay. It has nothing to do with it. And uh, I had this deal written out about a, a friend that I haven't seen you know in years, but it was his house we would go to about how um, we had to watch Veggie Tales and. Long story short, I think you should just let your kids watch whatever you want. You yeah. know, uh, whatever they want. As long you know, I mean, there's a line, but yeah, they should be able to watch whatever they want. It's not the cartoons that I would do it. Um, <laughs> I was like, look at me. I grew up watching SpongeBob and all this shit, and I turned out pretty good. You know, I got a successful job. I got a good family. And then there's my buddy who grew up watching VeggieTales, and he... Uh, he has three counts of child molestation or something. Oh my god! And I was like, oh, "So, shit. I didn't see that one coming." So let your kids watch uh, the shows. Neither of those kids. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I said, "So let your kids watch these was... goofy shows because it's a hell of a lot better than them turning Catholic." And I'm ashamed of that joke I just made. Holy shit! <laughs> and the first time I told it ever, of course, there's this flock of of women at this open mic, and it turns out they're Catholic. <laughs> and so I had this lady, you know, come up after the shows like, you know, you're so fucking offensive and this and that. I only have, in my opinion, one true offensive joke. And I, I've only done it twice. Um, it's not, it's a trans joke. It's not against trans people at all. Yeah. I told it fucking with my wife is how it started. Uh, I was at open mic. We're all running new jokes. And there's this old lady there. Older lady who yeah. you, who you could tell went entirely too hard in the eighties, yeah. like fucking too hard, and I mean, she's saying like you can't say that on jokes that aren't at all at all like man he's tiptoeing the line yeah, and and she did it every comment every comment oh, came Jesus. up you can't say that you can't say that and a few of them said retarded and I mean this lady's having a fucking meltdown and it's not fun for anybody at this point. So I go up, I run, them, I run some new jokes that are relatively clean. And uh, she's, uh, she, I don't remember what the joke was. It's something dumb I had written down. And she goes, you can't say that. And I was like, I tell you what, you've been running your fucking mouth all night. I was like, I got a joke just for you. I heard it today. And it's true. I just heard it that day on TikTok. I said, uh, never mind, I'm not going to tell it. And she goes, no, I can handle it. And I was like, well, apparently not. Like, you've been upset the whole night. She's like, no, tell it. I totally. And I said... <laughs> All right, well, I don't respect trans women. And it's just like dead quiet in this bar. And I said, not because they're trans, just because I don't fucking respect women. And this lady, <laughs> dude, I mean, had a fucking aneurysm. And she's snatching her shit, and she like literally runs out of the bar. And <laughs> I was like, okay, well, that was fun. You know, it's not my joke by yeah. no means. And uh, I did the canes, and... I, I had a little bit of time left, and I was like, you know what? And I'd already said before the show, I was like, 
there's definitely some people here I'm going to offend. You know, there's there. I think there was 309 people there at the at the tiny little Canes stage, and yeah. uh, so you know I'm going to close on this. And I even warned them, you know, before I did it, I was like, this joke hasn't done too good lately, but I'm going to go ahead and tell it anyway. And I told them the whole deal, you know, this lady at the bar and all that, and I'm maybe. Like, I don't respect, and about that point, I see, like, the the front row, there's three trans women here. I was like, man. Oh. But at, at the same time, I had just listened to Dave Chappelle talk about, if I can't tell these jokes in front of them, I shouldn't be saying them. And I was like, you Agreed. know what? Fuck it. I'm going to say it. And the few women I had offended, because it's more, like my wife said, it's more of an attack on women yeah. than it is trans, you know? And I said it just fucking with my wife. Yeah. And, uh... The women I had upset, which was crazy, because like exactly what Dave Chappelle described in his show, the trans women thought it was hilarious. But there's two or three women in the crowd that I've crossed a fucking line with. Yeah. And, you know, they come up to me and tell me, like, you know, you're the most offensive motherfucker I've ever met. And I'm like, it was a joke. Yeah. I would just want to shake their hand. Be like, Thank yeah. you. Go talk to those three. Yeah. Enjoy the show. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm sorry you're so triggered, you know. and. Yeah. I love it though. I I don't like I said I'm not necessarily offensive. Um, my mother-in-law quit talking to me uh, over a joke about jacking off and how hard it is to do it when your kids are outside the bathroom saying shit like "Dad, I can see your feet," and <laughs> she took it as I was jacking off in front of my kids. Oh God, dude! I mean, like, called my wife crying, like upset about it, and. We punch up stories, like we punch up jokes. Like it's, it's like, true. <laughs> you know how many times I've been, I have I have been like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm in the bathroom and yeah. I'm getting ready, and then I'm just like, just like, Dad, what are you doing? I'm like, will you please go away yeah. for like five fucking seconds? Like, just please, please go away. I don't need much time. I'll be right back out, and oh, they really. And I'll probably be a lot happier and relaxed. I guarantee it. <laughs> I'll probably sleep great right after this. So, <laughs> time for Dad's nap. <laughs> yeah. I can't sleep without it, kids. Get the hell out of here. And I don't know. She, she like I said, she called my wife crying. Listen, and I told her when I first got into comedy, she's like, oh, my God, I want to come. And I was like, I can make you come. No, I made that up. <laughs> she was like, I want to come to one of your shows. Well, hopefully by now. I mean, she's your wife. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it was my wife's mom. Oh. Which, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, my wife Sorry. Was, my <laughs> hopefully was, not. <laughs> yeah, she, this is turning into a Pornhub video real quick. My wife. What are you doing, stepmom? <laughs> yeah. My wife just watched. It was nothing weird. Oh, she and, filmed. Uh, yeah. But she was like, I want to come to one of your comedy shows. It's like, and I told her, I was like, I wouldn't do it. I don't think you're going to like it, yeah. you know? And she was like, oh, if you, if you really don't think I will, then I won't come. But then this lady just searches YouTube and TikTok and my Instagram and then watches all my comedy clips and then is offended, you know? And I was like, I told you not to come. Yeah. I told you not to. And she's like, I didn't, but I watched it. And she's crying. She's like, calling my wife a bad mom. Oh, Jesus. And Christ. because she allows this shit and she can't believe she'd support me. And I was like, you know, I, and she was like, I'll forgive him if he quits telling that joke. And I was like, this is one of my bangers. Like, yeah. I will fucking bury you. I don't need your forgiveness for that shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, like, same thing with my, my wife's family. So she has the cool side and then the not so cool side. Um, her, my, my brother in law, they're good, they're good people. Yeah. Um, they're just the perfect Christian. So I didn't fit in right off the bat. Cause when we met, you know, I have tattoos yeah. and I had the nose pierced and we just didn't click cause, you know, my body's a temple. Yeah. And uh, then there's the other half of my wife's family who's awesome. 
granted they're all alcoholics and <laughs> but they're fun they're super fun people and uh i couldn't i'd rather go hang out with them and you know they're all like oh we want to come see you i'm like no you don't no you don't but her other half's like we want to come see you i'm like yeah. you should come it's gonna be a really good time <laughs> i know like, there's some jokes that, like i'm not prepared for my parents to see yet This episode of Unloading Meat is not brought to you by your favorite food delivery service such as DoorDash or Uber Eats, but it could be. You can obviously tell from this frame, I use those services quite a bit. So help me out and help the channel out. Reach out to those companies and tell them to sponsor this fat ass. Now, back to the show. It's so funny you say that because the joke about my mom dying, I literally, there's no like corky opening to it. I was like, you know... My mom died recently, and then I just feel the energy. Leave. Yeah. <laughs> and then then when I, I say the dumb shit that I do yeah. say, the crowd just fucking flocks right back to it. But it's a drug, though. It's a drug, though. It is. Like, even that night I bombed, I was just like, I know there's more to this. Like, yeah. I want more. And I, I, I've, you know, I've heard a million people talk about it, but that laugh is a drug. Yeah. Like, you start just craving that laugh. Yeah. Like, no matter how shitty your job is, yeah. you can't wait to go hit that mic so you can get that fuck. It turns into a drug. And then honestly, man, like I embraced the like if you go to like Tulsa Comedy Club and you have like the spotlight and you can't see shit. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'd rather not see anybody. Yeah, because it I, I mean, except for when I'm like crowd working trying to like roast some people. Right. But like what I was getting at is you know I've only done it maybe seven times professionally right now as far as like what I would consider this year. Right. Uh, besides just. Some other things I don't want to get into or shit. Uh, but I think I've come to this point where I'm getting kind of tired of like, everybody has advice. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful. I want to take it all in. I'm still learning. I'm trying to weed out the bad advice of like, don't do this because this. And then like the first time I had it, was like, we don't do anything, any rape jokes. The rape's not funny. And I was like, yeah, it wasn't when it happened to me either. <laughs> and I'm like, it happened to me. Like, yeah. I think I could talk about my own personal rape. Like, hey. it's like, okay. Well, and like, I, I find I, the I'm humor the worst in it for you then say what I'm the worst for you then. Okay. Like I said, I don't think anything's off limits. There's, there's a tint in context. Exactly. You know, uh, it needs to be well-crafted. And if you're going to do dangerous territory, you should be knowing that you're going to be in dangerous territory and do it well. Exactly. Right. I, I, I said, I don't think there's anything you can't joke about. Like I have this whole, Sexual assault joke about, and I I was sexually assaulted as a kid. Yeah, it was not by my dad, um, but I had this whole bit written out about my dad. Yeah, and fuck you for telling me I can't tell it. You yeah. know, like it might not have been him. Yeah, but I. Yeah, that's the point of it, though. And then like it's like there's been times where like people were like, don't crowd work or roast people in the crowd, like even comedians, like don't like do that. And I'm like, we're in a comedy club, like. Right. The crowd's there. Like, that's part of going to a stand-up comedy show. Yep. Like... I, I, I don't call the crowd out very often. Yeah. Uh, if you're obnoxious, you know, I will. Um, and I... Even if you're new to stand-up, or you've been in it, or you're killing it, or you're just trying to figure out your way, a person on stage with a mic is one of the worst persons to talk shit to. Yeah. You know? Um, if, yeah! If you're, if they're, they're obviously confident... Yeah. Confident enough to be up there in front of everybody. Well, like even when I talked about the thing off air with like that one individual, mm-hmm. um, where I roasted him with one joke and then he did back at me. Mm-hmm. 
I was perfectly cool with it. That's honestly 100%. how I feel it should be. Yeah. Like, it's fun. Like, we're there to provide an entertainment service to the people that are there. And it should just be a fun atmosphere, especially at an open mic. I feel it should be trying out shit, bullshitting. Yeah. Everybody is low series, low stakes. Just have fun. Yeah. I That's honestly how I feel it should be at an open mic. Yeah. You know how many times Zach Amons used me and my name in a joke yeah. that I was not expecting at all? Why would I get pissed off? Yeah. That? It's it, like... I have so many jokes about the cellar and everybody doing cocaine in the fucking bathroom. Yeah. Like, everybody knows they're all fucking cokeheads. Yeah. Like, and like some of the biggest laughs I've gotten where I said, like, oh, all the fucking Eric Clapton fans are coming out of the fucking bathroom. <laughs> yeah. I think you heard that. Yeah, I heard that yeah. shit. Yeah. Like, that's my closer now, the Eric Clapton shit. That yeah. came from, like, all the people doing coke in the cellar. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, it's crazy to me, you know? It's like... <laughs> I, I opened... Uh, every time I've done Toss the Comedy Club. Yeah. Every time. Whether it's opening, headlining, featuring... I've had one person, and it's, it's coincidentally a blonde lady, front row, who fucking hates my guts yeah. every time. And I, I don't call the crowds out and stuff almost ever, but yeah, I did, uh, I did, I did a show there, and then I did Vincent O'Shauna, and then I did John Reap, and finally I was like, this is lady, blonde lady, front row, and I'm telling these jokes. Everybody's having a good time. Granted, I'm way dirtier than John Reap. Yeah. Uh, he he killed it. He's fun. He was insanely fun to be around. Um, but I knew going in when I agreed to go do it, I was way dirtier than John Reed. Yeah. And so you know, I was like, you know what? This crowd's here to see somewhat clean comedy. I'm not that guy, so I might as well just fucking hammer it as hard as I can. Yeah. And every time, like I said, shows, opening, featuring, headlining, same club, same fucking chair. There's always a blonde lady. <laughs> Who hates my guts? Her husband thinks I'm the funniest thing that's ever happened. Ever. It's like the Will and Jada thing all over again. Hundred <laughs> percent. Like at John Reap. Did you make an alopecia joke? <laughs> yeah. Finally, at John, uh, with opening for John Reap, I, I keep. I thought I'm, alopecia was the other name for llama. <laughs> <laughs> I start telling my jokes to this lady, like to the point where, I, fuck, nobody else could be there. I'm looking at this lady, and I'm just like, finally, I went, "You don't think I'm very funny, do you?" And she went. <laughs> I was like, well, fuck you. Everybody's yeah. having a good time, you know? And then last time I headlined that show, in my head, I thought about I think yeah. about these people all the time. And I was like, you know what? Today's going to be different. This show's going to be awesome. Get up on stage after Matt Farrell. He killed it. Uh, I had Case on that show. He did great. Uh, Boyd hosted it. I get up there, and I, first thing I look at is this chair. It's like, man, there's a fucking blonde lady in this chair again. Yeah. And I thought, maybe she'll be different. Fuck no. Her husband absolutely thought I was hysterical. Yeah. And, but she's refusing to have fun. Yeah. Like, she doesn't know she's at a comedy club, yeah. you know? And I I found out after that that she was going to come up and address me after the show. Oh, shit. Uh, I did have one one lady come up to me who was pissed off because I said my daughter's autistically honest. And <laughs> so she came up. She was like, your daughter's autistic? I went, no. She's like, oh, you said she was. I was like, no, I didn't. She said, yeah, you did. I said, no. I said, she's autistically honest. She's not yeah. autistic. She's like, why would you even make that fucking joke then? I was like, it was just a dumb joke. Chill out. Maybe she is. I yeah. don't know. I haven't had her tested, you know? And <laughs> she stormed off. I was like, that was fucking dumb. And like, like, I'm sorry. Haul me off to the autism police. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's like the uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world when yeah. they had the vegan police. Yeah. I always think that anytime there's false outrage, I think, oh, shit. Get me off in cuffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like. Shout out vegan police. There's like Thomas Jane and the other guy. I don't uh -huh. know. Oh, I love that movie. I got pissed. Okay, go ahead. Guys, we'll be right back.
And we're back, guys. We're back. Had to do a little bit of a potty break. Yeah, I have a small bladder. <laughs> the bladder of an infant. Yeah, I've always been picked on for it, so thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're quite welcome for calling out on a national broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. whoever the fuck's watching this. I'm yeah. not shy. I'm not I'm not shy about anything. <laughs> Just a shy bladder? Yeah. <laughs> no, it'll piss in front of anybody. Oh, okay. That's yeah, small bladder. The problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not shy by no means. Except after sex, I I can't I can't piss hard to save my life. I really? Can't. Oh, I I'm blowing a blood vessel in my eyes. I push oh. so hard to piss after sex. Do you like, do you blow a blood vessel in your eye like when you throw up and stuff or no. anything like that? I I I do. Like do I I violently throw up and stuff. And, like I I'm used to like a blood vessel popping in my eye or something like that. When oh, I, really? Yeah. yeah, it just happens. Uh, I'm just in the bathroom like. So like that night at the yeah. cellar when I had that panic attack. Yeah, it wasn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's very violent. <laughs> Oh, I've never had a panic attack ever. I, I've witnessed it. Uh and I know it hits everyone kind of different. Yeah. Um I just thought one of my ex girlfriends was being, you know, extra and <laughs> just dramatic. Tri- yeah. I really did. You um, bitch. Yeah, I was like, settle down. It's one hit. Like settle down, you know. And uh no, she was have I've never witnessed it. Just yeah. like a seizure. Yeah. I never witnessed one I saw one in person at a concert and uh that's terrifying. Yeah. Like that person has to granted he had epilepsy. So what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. You know? And yeah. He, uh, he, Shame on you. Yeah. I mean, it was a band called Winds of Plague. And it's a metal band. And I mean, they stopped the concert over this kid. Oh, he's having Christ. a full-fledged seizure. And I'm standing there watching. He's like drooling and foaming and shit. And I was just like, what's wrong with him? He has epilepsy. Does he not know where he's at? Yeah. Like, you know, like you wouldn't go to a rave yeah. if you had it. And yeah. Yeah, he he full-fledged seizure. I was like, uh, when I was in college, we had a roommate's friend had a seizure, and we had to like take him to the ER, and like we were like having to keep him on his back, like not like let him bite his tongue and shit like that, and like we were yeah. like, get him to the ER. Yeah, it was pretty scary. Like it's it's rough. It's crazy to watch yeah. in person. Yeah. yeah, my dog had a seizure not too long ago. Really? Yeah, I I got this new German Shepherd puppy, and he's such a fuck. <laughs> he's the reason I hate dogs. Like legitimate. I he's he means well. He's just. I thought German, you know, being around Adolf, they were all smart. And oh, uh, this one's dumb. Uh, I think he's post-war. Is he and American German Shepherd or German German he Shepherd? He has to be. Because, <laughs> like, I found that out. My parents had a whole bunch of German Shepherds growing up. And, like, there, I found out that there's two different types. There's there like, is. Oh, yeah, American yeah. German, and then there's German German, basically. That's right. long hair. Yeah, I wanted the one that hates everyone, you know. And I got this one. <laughs> I got this one that loves everybody. And... It's the middle of the night. We we have this dog named Rafi. He's a fucking mutt. And uh, out of nowhere, this my German Shepherd puppy woke me up in the middle of the night. And you know, I'm like, fuck off. You know, I'm like hitting it. I'm like, get out of here. And finally, like, he woke me up again. I was like, what is your deal? And I've only at this point, we only had this dog like a week. And he runs to the edge of the bed and he looks back at me. I can just barely see him. I was like, what the fuck do you want? And I go to lay back down and he gets me again. I was like. All right, something's wrong. So I get up. I go in the living room. My other dog is having a full-fledged seizure. Oh, fuck. And I'm like, I don't know what to do, you know? Yeah. So I start just punching it and stuff. And uh, he, uh, I don't, I still don't know what was happening. The, the vet was like, it's anxiety. But it was crazy. This little puppy that don't know shit came and got me. He was like, we got a problem, you know? Yeah. So I went and, like, calmed him down, like, petting but him. But you're welcome if you need to or you want to. Okay. But I, like, calm him down and, like, petting him, you know? And he's, like, full-fledged, like, locked, just, like, having it. Yeah. And I got it worked out. I was like, cool, I'm going back to bed. 
and, and it happened like three more times. And finally, I told my wife, I was like, we're gonna put this thing down. And she was like, no, we're gonna take it to the vet. I was like, yeah, to put it down. Like something's yeah. wrong with this dog. Yeah. And we got there, and I didn't. I we've had this dog since me and my wife started dating. Like she had him before we started dating. And uh, she was like, I'm not putting him down. I'll spend whatever. I was like, fuck, you will. Like yeah. two hundred dollar max, or we're putting it down. Yeah. And that's just how it's gonna be. And they're like, no, she has. He has really bad anxiety. I was like, he's ten. Like up to this point, he's been just living life. And yeah. All of a sudden, he has anxiety, and then it turns out it's my fault. They're like, did you bring a new dog into the house? I was like, oh, I did. I found this German Shepherd. Dog whisperer gets to you. Yeah. And then I was like, okay. Which, if you watch both of them, you're like, this German Shepherd wants this one dead. Like, it's... <laughs> it's got a plot. <laughs> yeah. He's a different color. The German Shepherd hates this one. and <laughs> well, at least it hates something. Yeah. You got yeah. something out of your mind. He loves every person. It smells no bad in anybody, but this dog. This racist is the one dog type. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like this thing is not purebred. I can, I, I can smell it. I understand, man. Like, uh, I, I had two dogs that like lately. Like, I haven't had a dog in a little bit. Uh, I had a basset hound that I grew up with. That <sighs> I had one too. Uh, had him for like over ten something years, and then he died a couple years ago. And you know, I had a pen. He died. Uh, but he was getting very ill. From what? Just no, old, just old age, and like uh, it was at the point where like he wasn't knowing where he was going. Like I think yeah. he had like dementia and stuff like that, and like he just didn't wake up one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I had my that's first one. Go. I just want to just yeah. go to bed like just natural kind of yeah, and just that's it. Yeah. My second dog uh, was a golden lab, and it's honestly the best dog I ever had. And uh, I've heard that from a lot of people. He was a fifty dollar dog I got from Caney, just like some farmer had you know a litter of labs. And I got it from my first wife for like Valentine's Day or something like that. And then when we got divorced, she took the dog. And I didn't see that dog for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then she was just going to give it away on Facebook and didn't even think to like ask me or like right. see if I like wanted to take it with it. And like it was even telling my daughter that, you know, when we share, that like say your goodbyes to him and stuff like that. He's going to a different family. And then my second wife at the time saw that post and was like, hey, can we have him? Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, yeah, I didn't even think about it. And we took him kind of find out he had cancer and his legs were starting to go out and like basically she was trying to get rid of him before she'd have to put him down right and i didn't know that she didn't even tell me that and then like a month into like getting him he started to be like not be able to hold his bladder and like eventually i had to like hold his back like walk in like a wheelbarrow to get him to go pee and like a month into that we had to like put him down so like i got to basically like say goodbye to the dog right yeah and i like at least i was there to take care of him when we took him down to the vet and had him put down stuff and like he had at least a respectable way Right. Going out, but it was like kind of a shitty situation on that. So yeah, fuck that lady. <laughs> <laughs> I had a basset hound. I uh, I've never owned a dumber dog in my life. Really? Uh, yeah. I I got from it was full bred. I paid too much money for. Mine it. was a mutt. Mine was a basset hound bird dog mix. Oh, so it was, like, it was like Dalmatian colored basset hound. My, yeah, mine was a true blue. Uh, looked just like Fred from Smoking the Bandit. Oh, beautiful dog, and I mean I fucking hated this dog. I, I paid entirely too much money for it. Me and my wife, we were just dating at the time. I yeah. was like, by the way, I got this two-week-old puppy we yeah. have to fuck with now. And uh, I named it Lunch Pail. And <laughs> That's a cool name. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had Lunch Box when I was a kid growing up. We named my dog Lunch Box because Jay and Silent Bob, I don't – how that one word stuck with us, I don't know. Lunch Box is what he calls Kevin, uh, Silent Bob, yeah. Yeah, when they they go to leave that research facility, yeah. he's like, what the fuck are you doing, Lunchbox? Yeah. There ain't no food in here. And that l- I called that dog Lunchbox when I was a kid. And I'm glad stuck. you like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it nailed. And so I told 
like after you know lunchbox had passed and she was such a killer dog perfect dog and so my wife was like if i ever get a dog again i'm gonna name it lunch pail and i got this basset hound and just was worthless as a dog <laughs> i i you know like watching those um what are those animal rights commercials? Like PETA and stuff like that? or Yeah, like but that? the like the ASPCA. Oh, like the Sarah McLaughlin? Like yeah. Like in, in the, the arms? arms yeah. The, the sad, depressing ones? I mean, yeah. yeah. I was like, well, you've never owned this dog. Yeah. Like, I get people beating the shit out of dogs. And <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, that <laughs> might have to be clipped. I don't know if that will be on YouTube for that. You said yeah, so you get it, too. <laughs> That's why it'll be clipped. <laughs> I was like, I love beating dogs. You're like, yeah, me too, man. No, no it's just like, so like, um... I naturally, like, I've told my kids this, like, if we ever get another dog, it has to be a big dog. I can't do small dogs. Right, yeah. Um, mostly because I have this inclination, if anything's around my ankles, I just naturally kick. Right. And I'm just terrified that, like, a little chihuahua comes around or anything like that. I've done it to my parents' dog accidentally, and, like, I just feel something jump on my leg, like, ah! But I kick it. And yeah. it goes flying across the room, like, oh, shit! I killed your dog. I wouldn't like, want to own a small dog anyway. Yeah, and, yeah, my parents' dogs, like, gets anxiety and pisses every time he sees a new person. Yeah, and it's like, that. ugh. I like my. Uh, I'm actually. I joined the uh, Oklahoma pit bull rescue thing, oh, and yeah? I'm gonna try to look for a rescue pit and do that donation process. Because like, I've always wanted like a female pit. Yeah. And I just think they're cool dogs, and like they're really sweet. I've I've met people that have oh, really for sweet. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. they're they kind of get the bad rap a lot of times. Yeah, well, so do Rottweilers. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then like it's kind of funny because like my parents are like, "You're gonna have a pit around the girls." My parents are on their second Doberman Pinscher. That. Right now, I have to lock up in their shop because they're getting their kitchen renovated, and this dude will tear down the baby gate and attack this dude if he sees a stranger. Like, that's how aggressive he is. And yep. they're like, you want to have a pit bull around the kids? And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might not be big. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I, yeah, I agree. I'm like, not not I a ferocious one. I'm on a female that's like a nice, sweet dog that's uh -huh. not been like... Used in fucking fights. <laughs> yeah, I had I, we did helpless hounds. We got we got tied into that because uh, as dumb as my basset hound was, you couldn't help but love this goofy yeah. thing. And I mean, it was so dumb it chewed the window seals oh off of our off of our windows in our living room. Like just dumb. Yeah. And an escape artist, you wouldn't even guess it. Dumber and shit, slow, just fast enough to run from you. And I had a neighbor lady up the street. Came out of my house crying, like hysterically. And she's like, your basset hound killed my cat. Oh. I said, I, I don't think we're talking about the same dog. Like, this one's too dumb. It yeah. doesn't. She's like, no, it treated it. And when the cat came down, she slaughtered it. She's like, have you met this dog? Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's in one first gear the whole time. Yeah. It never, there's no third gear. It's not chasing shit down. Yeah. If that cat was in a wheelchair, this dog wouldn't <laughs> catch it. And... Oh, but I loved it at the same time. As bad as I hated it, I loved it yeah. just as much. And then we got involved with Helpless Hounds, and I got a full-bred bloodhound for nice. uh, shit. I think it was like 125 bucks. And as dumb as Lunchpail was, this dog was ten times dumber. I hated this dog. <laughs> and I don't hate dogs. Yeah, you know, I've had dogs my whole life, but I hated this dog destroyed everything in the house and it wasn't one of those like oh he don't she don't know no better yeah she did yeah she 100 percent knew that she was a problem and yeah. i knew it was gonna be a good day or a bad day when i walked in the house she would either tuck and get it the hell away from me or come up to me and i hated this dog and it sounds like we killed it <laughs> but we didn't spoiler alert <laughs> uh, 
She lives on a big farm. And <laughs> is that what you tell everybody? Runs wild in the trees. No, she really did. This this lady that owned a farm, she, they were foster parents for this bloodhound, and they fell in love with this bloodhound. They end up someone adopted it. Their heart's missing a hole. I happened to see this post, and I said, "I got the perfect dumb fucking dog for you." Yeah. And they came and got her. She was, we got her. She was seven months old. She weighed ninety eight pounds. Big fucking idiot. And, yeah. man, I tried to love that dog. I tried so hard. Sometimes it just don't fit. It, mean, it didn't fit you got to find us. a family that's good for that dog. It was like, what's good and bad? Because yeah. my kids would ride her like a horse, and she loved it. Yeah. She was sweet to my kids. She never snapped at any of us. But within, like, let's say three months, I'm not even exaggerating, I probably spent $5,000 on the stuff this dog just destroyed. Yeah, that's my biggest fear. Is like, I want to make sure I have gates stuff like that if I get another dog. And like, for sure. Like this. And like, like I, that's why I kind of want to like have like a rescue older dog. Just someone that's like kind of got out of that puppy chewing phase and just wants yeah. to be chill over there and just like be the house dog. Yeah. That's what I just want. I want a, a more relaxed dog. Yeah, um, my, my German Shepherd's just rolling into that that chewing phase. And uh, she chewed up my 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 first edition Mein Kampf. And, uh, <laughs> oh fuck! And uh, that was such a struggle. <laughs> it was. Yeah. And. Uh, I mean, that's my Bible, you know? And, uh, no, I don't. I, I read it one time. I don't know if you heard that. Wrong. <laughs> I read it one time. It just didn't. The, there's like a whole chapter and now you're on a And now you're on a, you know, a few watch lists on whenever you Google stuff. It's just, it happens naturally. It wouldn't shock me. It would, The shit I think of. Dude, my Google home's going to go all crazy with all the shit we've been talking about. <laughs> oh, for sure. Dude, yeah. like, so like, um. I would look good in a swastika shirt. <laughs> just, just go Red is like such sit- a color. <laughs> yeah. They're going to get the wrong idea on my logo and shit. Like, it's like, that's a weird uniform. Yeah. Uh, Zig Nile. No. No. Yeah. Uh, no, I just want to tour the Nile. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. I went to Germany. Really? I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, me and my wife's honeymoon, we flew, to, we flew into Frankfurt, and then we spent 12 days. It's crazy. You spend 12 days, you go around the whole country. And the, clo- this, the closest I ever got was watching my dad get drunk at Epcot and try to go to the tour around the, the different countries and get drunk in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> that was the closest I ever got to Germany. Oh, we did it. I mean, it was, <laughs> man, it's beautiful. Uh, I see why, you know, they think they're number one. And <laughs> it was, it was, it was gorgeous. But, you know, we're tearing scaff- or, uh, statues down of like Robert E. Lee and stuff. Yeah. But, man, you go to Germany and there's a few towns that I'm like, are you guys aware? Like the war's over. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh, Nuremberg. As soon as we came into Nuremberg, there's the SS Memorial that they had had built. You know, back during you know the 1930s. Yeah. But there's this big eagle statue right outside of it. That's what caught my eye. I was like, oh shit, because that's what I was there for. You know. Yeah. And I I pull up and the statue was built years after the war. I'm like, hold on. Do you guys condemn it or do you? you yeah. Still kind of you know you still kind of for it and. Oh, they fucking hated me and my wife. The, I don't know if it was the American thing. We got pulled over in Austria. I didn't know when I rented this car I had to have a fucking Pike Pass. I didn't know oh. that. And we left Germany going into Austria. I didn't know. Yeah. I can't read these fucking signs, you know? Yeah. And it was like gibberish, like shit my kids would write. And this guy was like holding a ping pong paddle at me. It was red. I was like, okay, fuck him. I drove right by him. So we go stay in Salzburg, Austria that night. We're coming back in to Germany so I can go to Eagle's Nest and in the Alps. 
And I take this exit, and there's a cop with the same ping pong paddle, but, like, standing in the middle of the road. He's pointing to the side. And I was like, all right, whatever, I'll pull over. I There's no, you know, uh, avidazine or whatever the fuck they would say. And he comes to the window that's not pleasant at all. He just goes, word for word, fucking Americans, huh? I was like, shit, this is not going to go good. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, we're Americans. He was like, did you know you're supposed to have whatever pass? I was like, no, obviously, I don't fucking live here. And they stepped back to my van with me. So me and my wife stays there. I hop in this van. And it's like just like this. It's yeah. a full desk computer. I'm sitting in a chair just like this. And he's like, are you in the Air Force? Like, no. He's like, are you in the military? I'm like, no, I hate America. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> I was like, oh, I, uh, I was trying to find, you know, a split off of the Third Reich. Um, no, I was like, I'm not in the military at all. And he would type for a minute. He'd go, are you a Marine? I was like, do I look like a fucking Marine, man? No, I'm not. I'm not yeah. in the military. So there he goes, he types for me. He goes, are you in the Army? I was like, I am not in the fucking military. <laughs> this guy's just not getting the picture. Yeah, and I'm the, I'm getting, like, shitty at this point. He's, like, I'm, Googling branches of U.S. military. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, Coast Guard. Yeah. I was like, no. He was like, oh, National Guard. I'm like, no. All Patrol? Yeah, we literally go through. <laughs> yeah, that German Shepherd's a problem on that show. And Fucking Chase. <laughs> we literally go through every branch. Like, he would type for a minute, and he'd hit me with it. And finally, I, was, I started getting shitty. I'm like, I'm not in the fucking military, man. And uh, he, he goes... And why the fuck would you come to Germany? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Me and my wife want to come here. He's like, nobody wants to come here. <laughs> and I was like, all right, whatever, man. I'm a big, I'm a big David Hasselhoff fan. Yeah, I think his music's great, man. Yeah, Let's really not forget Dirk, me. you know. And uh, he uh, he writes me a ticket. <laughs> he writes me a ticket. It was like 270 euros, and I had to pay it on the spot, like not like I'll oh, catch shit. you later. Yeah. Because, like, the, the chance of you coming back to Germany paying it, like, they're probably like, yeah, you're not leaving here. Yeah. Well, I got a parking ticket in Berlin our first day there. My wife's like, I don't think we can park here. I'm like, fuck it, you know? And yeah. uh, we came back to the car, and she's like, we have a parking ticket. She's like, what are we going to do? I was like, nothing. We don't fucking yeah. live here. And That's like, dude, there's so I do many. I downtown Tulsa, and I fucking live here. I, I, when I was the DM for like, the cell phone company, I worked a lot of times in Houston. And, mm -hmm. like, if you've ever been to Houston, it's nonstop pike passes. Like, oh, there yeah. is just non-stop interstates and, and tolls mm -hmm. and uh i would always get a rental car where they fly me down there and i'm just like i ain't paying this shit yeah. i just went through every fucking single <laughs> one of those fucked them like it's gonna go the, the fucking thing my company's going through it i never uh -huh. heard a fucking dime yeah even now i have this fucking rental for my wreck and i was like oh shit i got all the fucking uh the tolls in tulsa one last week and i was like fuck it yeah <laughs> my shit yeah <laughs> yeah but that german i paid it luckily i i had just I'm so fucking dumb. Going to Germany, everything online is like, take cash. Don't yeah. don't take your card. It's a waste of time. No, that's, so I took all this cash over there with me. And Just easy to get fucking <laughs> taken. Well, right off the bat, the exchange rate, I lost like 200 bucks right off the bat. And I was like, dude, oh, we fucked up. Like, but we're here. You know, like, yeah. There's no option outside this. We're yeah. fucked. Yeah. And you just got to go with it. Yeah. And like that rental car I had rented days before we got there weeks even and i get there everything's paid for insurance everything it was like 590 something dollars for the week that's not that's honestly not bad it's not bad at all no and i get there and the lady's like you need insurance i like, no, i paid for the insurance they know you didn't i was like yeah i did and i'm sure we're going through the whole deal and she's like how about give me 400 i was like what no she was like yeah she's like well your insurance is 500 i said we're paid yeah she's like okay how about 20 
like for 20 what? Like 20 euros. Like, I don't give a fuck if it's one euro. I'm not giving any more money. Yeah. And it was like that. Everything's all, a barter system. Every, it was like that all through Germany. Everything we did. Like, I could have talked down my dinner prices if I wanted to. It's it's a very strange, like, a foreign thing to Americans. But, like, I witnessed it. Like, so my first wife was Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Um, Her mom was from Mexico City. So my my first wife was half Mexican. Right. Um, But, like, they were raised in San Antonio and stuff. And, like, I would go down there for visits and vacations. And, uh, like, the the flea markets they would have on weekends, stuff like that. And, like, just everything. Everything's a barter system. Mm-hmm. Um, If you go to the Indian side of that, of San Antonio and stuff like that, everything's a barter system. Every single thing you do, you go yeah. to get a drink, even if it's $2, uh, how about two seventy five? I'm like, yeah. it's just, just yeah. part of the culture. Yeah. It's a weird thing you got to get used to. Yeah. Germany was not much better. Um, we bought shit that, you know, it says like, I say 25 euros and we ended up paying 15 for it. And just because my wife, she don't give a shit. She's just like, if she was at Walmart right now and they're like, that's $9.99 or $9.98, she'd be like, no. You know what nine. I think it might be? I think we have, as in a society in like this nation, we kind of have this idea that false advertisement is a thing that like yeah. if you get it there's gonna be some kind of consequence mm-hmm. and like also we think that like if that's the price that's the price that's just what it's advertised as mm-hmm. and we judge everything based on that value too like so if like if coke is 295 pepsi should be 296 or 294 you know right. like everything is judged by all those values right and we just care about those dollar amounts and i think that we just kind of feel like they're solid yeah um because we go by the dollar yeah um i mean, I mean germany it, was expensive but not Near as bad as here. We were staying in five star hotels for a quarter of the price I would pay here. Well, what I was thinking of, I think, I think what I was getting at was like, I think we're so in a day and age where of like litigation, if you false advertise a lot of shit, right. like people are suing people left and right just for the smallest things and for the shit of it. Yeah. yeah um, that like it's so litigious in this country that we just kind of just take everything at that face value sometimes and we don't have a culture of bartering or anything like that because. And I don't know. Just I feel like that kind of weighs in a lot of shit we do too. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're yeah. We Whereas like it's not very system. litigious everywhere else. Like other countries don't sue each other left and right over the little shit. No. <laughs> we ate at a. It was a ski resort in the Alps. Um, There's a reason I say allegedly on all these stories. <laughs> <laughs> we ate at a ski resort, and it was not ski season. Yeah. Um, we pull up to it. And I was like, "This is a five star. Like it looks like a little log cabin in the yeah. middle of the fucking mountains." She's like, I swear, it says five stars. So we we go in. Our waitress was, I mean, up to that point, I had been so horny through Germany because the girls are just naturally beautiful. And they still dress, you know, like 10 years prior to now, like where they still have like, you know. Self-esteem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where they're not worried about their OnlyFans and shit. And it was, it was, this waitress walks up. If she had said, my name's Olga, I'd have been like, perfect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you fucking nailed it. Because yeah. she's like, lumberjack stature, big, broad shoulders, wearing like a, I don't even know what the women's leader hosen is called. But she's wearing that. She reeks of fucking vodka. I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. Even if, this is a five-star restaurant. It's like as nice as it gets at yeah. a ski resort. And I was like, this is perfect. This is yeah. exactly what I wanted. And she doesn't speak a lick of English. Which is a real motherfucker, because I was like, she gave me some beer. All she understood was blonde. And so she brings me a beer, and I was like, hey, I really like the lemon in my beer. Bring me more lemon next time. Yeah. So she literally, I, my next beer comes out, and there's half a lemon <laughs> stuck in my fucking glass. To where, like, if I did this, it would just trickle out. <laughs> and she had no clue what I was talking about. And 
I told her, I was like, I know you don't speak English, but what would you order? And she's like, mm, clap. I was like, I don't want the clap from eating, <laughs> from eating here. Yeah. So let's pick something. I didn't up. know that was on the menu. <laughs> yeah. Is that, a, is that a chef's, uh, chef's uh, specialty? I tell you what blows me away about when we went to Germany. And this is not the I, waitress. I, I would have fucked her, you know, <laughs> uh, just for the story. Yeah. Um, uh, what blew me away, and I don't ever notice shit like this ever. Yeah. But we spent 12 days in Germany, and out of those 12 days, I saw one black person. And we went across the country. I mean, from Frankfurt to Berlin, from Berlin to Dresden, Dresden to Nuremberg. We went into the Czech Republic. We came back into Germany, all the way down to Salzburg, Austria, like everywhere. And I was just like, man, like I don't know what they did in the 40s. Yeah. But it worked. Like It's <laughs> crazy. It's fucking crazy. Ugh. <laughs> Then, you know, when we would go see, because I, I always want to go to Germany anyway. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Um, when I did the ancestry bullshit, you know, I traced it back to Germany. Uh, my grandpa always told me that he was, when he fought in World War II, that he, we were fighting our cousins. And then if you dig into the Barbies, it's not good. Um, <laughs> but I was always, I always wanted to go, you know, to the fatherland. And uh, we went and... God damn it, they hate us. They hate Americans so bad. I would go back tomorrow, though, because it was like the one place I've been in the world where I could just be shitty to people. Yeah. And they just like, high five you. I just like, thank you for being a piece of shit of a human. <laughs> and it's like, good. I enjoy this place. Yeah. Like, they're just rude and they just fuck with you because we don't speak German. And I, I tried. I tried to learn it. All I could gather was uh, Das Frühstück is Lecker, which means. Breakfast is good. That's so, all. I mean, it would be dinner time. I'm just like, that's where chicken's like. You're talking to the guy that, like, when I took Spanish, the first thing I did was learn, uh, uh, como se dice, how do you say? Because that was on the wall. <laughs> yeah. And then my Spanish teacher taught me that. Because then he was like, day one, you're not going to speak any English in here. So I learned that phrase. Then I was just like, como se dice, I need to go to the bathroom. Como se dice, I need <laughs> yeah. to get a drink. Yeah. And I just did that. And he's just like, motherfucker. <laughs> I made it one fucking rule. <laughs> yeah. But it worked. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I was um, such, I was such an arrogant. Fuck that guy. He get, he got he took off because he burned down his own Mexican restaurant and tried to get the tax money or the insurance money. What a piece of shit. Yeah, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look too deep into it. Yeah. Um. He never forgave me because one time uh he. Okay, it was Spanish class. I'm not trying to be racist. He did bring a pinata. And had an event every every year where you would have the class go outside of the football fields and do a pinata swing blind, with, you know, the pinata thing. I'm just saying, when you start sitting soft with, I'm not trying to be <laughs> yeah, racist. Yeah, usually. Uh, <laughs> it goes with the territory of living in Oklahoma. That's fair. <laughs> but anyway. Most of Oklahomans don't say, I'm not trying to be racist. <laughs> me, and, me and him never got along, so like I was like a teacher's aide one time, and like I knew that he had that whole event where like uh, he was he would do the thing where like he's controlling the string. So like as they're blindly... like blindfolded trying to swing he's pulling the thing up and making right. a miss and fucking with him so i knew he was doing that because he did it to my class first hour so like seventh hour i'm an eight i'm walking around i see him doing it to another class so i sneak up behind him and i just push him into the middle i go swing down <laughs> and she goes boom and he catches it in midair i've never seen rage in this little el salvadorian dude more than that dude he caught this thing it was like you ever watch breaking bad 
And I tried. Or but you've I, seen like I Giancarlo up. Esposito, the, the the main guy was a Gus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That kind of actor where like, you know, like whenever he does that, like, I'm going to kill you face, like in some of his roles, they're like, oh shit. I saw that look and he had that bat and I had to take off running. That dude was coming after me and I was like, oh, I've crossed the line here, I think. <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> fuck gr- that dude. Growing up, uh, my dad did meth. So no, I, I tried to watch Breaking Bad, but I was like, you already it. got the spoilers. I lived it, you yeah. know. I I'm sure their garage blows up at some point, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was. He's got breaking broken arrow. I did, yeah. Uh, I did. <laughs> I did try to get into it. Um, math this, or Breaking Bad? Uh, math. Oh, <laughs> I was just like really. I was really tired, <laughs> and uh, no, I watched it. I watched my dad do it. Where's Jesse? Uh, I remember I sold my dad out when I was a kid. I didn't know what the fuck meth was. Yeah. Um he was already in deep shit. He had robbed Jake's fireworks. Oh, oh my God. And I mean this as sincerely as I humanly can. He did this when I was seven years old. Keep talking. I'm... He robbed Jake's fireworks. He stole so many fucking fireworks. The bomb squad came to our house. This is on News on 6. Oh, my God. Bomb squad at the house. The neighbors, you know, being nosy. They're out there. Trying to figure out what's going on. You know, they thought meth lab. No, just fireworks. He stole so many fireworks. I swear on my life. This, I said, I was seven when he did this. Yeah. He stole so many fireworks and hid them in so many places. <laughs> like, like, what he had, the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Like, I would assume, like, you know, the end of uh, the town when she just finds that bag of money. Yeah. In the like that. It's a good movie. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, Made me want to be a bank robber. Um, but literally like that, like my grandpa That's how I was had with a stash. Heat. Oh, for sure. Al Pacino, Robert, yeah. Val Kilmer in his prime. Good shit. Yeah. But he, I mean, he had these fireworks at my dad's, or at my grandpa's house, my cousin Steven's house. He, he rented many storages. Oh, my God. He stole a lot. Like a lot of fireworks. Like I said, bomb squad at our house. It's oh, my serious. God. I'm, I'm a little, and I'm just... I'm just a little kid. I'm jumping on the trampoline just crying for no reason. I should be having a good time. But I'm back there just like, and I'm at like the Tulsa County Sheriff. And I'm just like jumping on the trampoline just crying. And I'm just like, won't go inside. And, uh, but he stole so many fireworks that night. Um, no shit. Uh, about five years ago, we finally used up all those fireworks from when I was oh seven my. years old. <laughs> so I was finally like, holy shit, we got to buy these things? Like, just get like, oh, we're finally in the attic and it's just snakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> snakes and sparklers, fuck. It's I mean, rude. they can make a sparkler bomb. Oh, yeah, did you ever I've do that back in the day? Oh, yeah. yeah. Tape it together? Yeah. Uh, one of my fondest memories was senior year. Uh, I had this, you know, everybody has that one redneck fan, friend that's like, oh, I love sparkler bombs, yo. <laughs> and like every July, he's buying Mine was the, the kid who you were like, you should not own guns at all. <laughs> I feel the same way about this kid. <laughs> yeah. And if he's watching this, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, he was like, I got this sparkler bomb. And he had it. And it was like this bit. It was like oh, yeah. a thing. I'm like, the, like when you see the cartoon, when you see those cartoon like dynamite things, uh-huh. those rolls of dynamite, that's what it looked like. Uh-huh. Like a brick. And we lived out in Copan like on 20 acres. out. I mean, I grew up in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a pond out there and stuff, and I was like, let's go out there on lunch break, and we'll do it out there. So we drove my dad's Jeep out there, put the sparkler bomb down there, and I rode a four-wheeler out there the pond, and we set it right by the pond, and we lit it, and it created this gigantic fucking crater. Yeah. Just massive fucking crater. Next thing I know, the neighbors, like, 
21-year-old son or something like that who lived in a trailer house on his property across, like, the properties comes running out of his trailer house in nothing but cowboy boots, whitey-tidy underwear, and Oakleys, and a shotgun. That's well, how he was going to defend himself. Yeah. Like, just priorities, he got the boots and Earl the Oakleys. Dibbles. he came out. Yeah. And he just comes running around like this, and we're just like... <laughs> and we just get on the four-wheel and run away, and, like, that dude was just scared shitless. Like, I just... That, I'll never get that image of him running out. It was just the funniest <laughs> fucking thing. Like, just the priorities of, like, okay, I understand the shoes and the gun. You didn't get dressed. You didn't have time. But but the Oakleys are a weird choice. They're a unique <laughs> choice. I always Walking go back to the out, Oakleys. you thought, I need to put a hat on. Nope. nope. Yeah, it just it, it always struck me as, like, man, that that little detail just sold it. It's, <laughs> it's just ingrained in my memory. 100%. And it was like the shitty Oakley. It was like the ones that like the, like the neon yellow green like bar. Mm-hmm. And then it had like the, the purplish kind of uh, like the macho man kind of style. Yeah. Those old 90s shitty Oakley. Long lens. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Those classic Oakley ones. Oh, yeah. yeah. My dad rocked them um, <laughs> hard. Like I said, he like was. Like macho man threw up on them or something like that. Yeah. 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 My dad, he was, he was such a. Dope head. Um, there's no other way to describe it. Um, that's why I never fucked with any of it. All through school, my buddies would, you know, call me pussy because I wouldn't do cocaine and shit yeah. uh, at the time. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I still no never, judgment. No I, judgment. I've still never done it. Um, I, the only thing I've ever done is weed. Like, I, oh, I'm a mushroom fan. I, uh, I, I, I'm not against it. I actually just have never been exposed to it. Like, so, like, I'm a you recent You should have told guy. me or I'd have brought mushrooms. I, I, it's not one of those things where I know... Just like, hey, stranger, you got mushrooms? <laughs> you should have. You definitely should have. I'll put. I'll have Stefan. I'll put that in the pre-screening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would have brought him some. I, I, I love it. So uh, like, um, I've always wanted to try them. Um, I actually have made a thing like through my like therapy and my depression and stuff. Um, eventually, I do want to do the ayahuasca shit and like oh, and yeah. like really go through the psychedelic of for sure. Try to work with that. Um, John Oliver does. I don't know if you ever watched last week tonight. I know uh, who he is, yes. Uh, he did a whole piece about LSD and how that treats clinical depression and stuff like that. 100%. And like it was a whole 30-minute piece, and it's, it's very well done. I recommend his show. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that dude is the master of making like really dark topics, very insightful, educational, but also hilariously you know, comedic. Mm-hmm. Uh, his shows are amazing. I just, I, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like that intrigues me. But yeah, I've, I've, I didn't start weed until like four years ago, maybe. Uh, about the wrong time it was legal is when I really dabbled with it because I just never was raised around it or anything like that. I right. mean, my dad's family was all drinkers. And so like, my dad drinks. Like, he's not an alcoholic. He just drinks. Like, yeah, he drinks, yeah. you know, like he's that guy. Is like, hey, I got off work. It's time to open up a beer. Right. Just, yeah. You know, cool off after the Typical day. blue collar. Yeah. yeah. Um, nothing wrong with that. Um, but like he also never did it so excessive because he grew up and like his brothers and stuff were very alcoholic and stuff. Right. They were the guys that were like, I got paid. Let's buy a forty-eight pack, and it's gone in a day or two. Mm-hmm. That's just how you you know you dealt with everything. Yeah. Um, I because of that, I just never was a big drinker. I still to this day, right. I'll socially drink with you, or I'll have one of those. But like that twelve pack of that twisted tea or whatever will last me a month. Right. Or maybe That's two. That's how I am with weed. Yeah. Um. So weed, once it got legalized, and I started going through the therapy and stuff, and I started really going into like finding my strains, finding that stuff, and I right. went through that whole shit. God damn! If it's not the best, the best thing for my anxiety and my panic attack. It, it allows me to do stand up, honestly. Oh, yeah, um, I can't. I can't smoke and go do it. Really? Oh man, I can't drink and do it. Uh, my oh. downfill is if I have a shot or anything for my nerves, I know now not to do it. I'll forget my set. 
See, I'm that way with weed. I take, I drink three beers before I go on stage. No I more, can't do no less. Uh, I go on stage with a beer. I don't typically drink from it. Yeah. Um, but if I smoke weed, I'm lucky if I remember my opening joke. See, I'm one of those guys where like alcohol makes me really like hot and sweaty too. Like it oh, brings yeah. it out that out too. Yeah. So like I'm already in a blazer or something like that. So like fat dude sweating his ass off already on stage is gonna be like after one white claw or something like that. It's just <laughs> how I am. Yeah. Um and so I just don't drink before shows, but like yeah, this like you see me hit it throughout this. It's yeah. just I can feel my anxiety building and then it just kinda levels it down. And I just take I give small you hits. anxiety is what you're saying. No, just oh. I have it. I just kinda one of those things and like honestly or Stefano gives you anxiety. Oh, fuck him. <laughs> I uh, thought he was more than courteous. He never forgave me for making that grinder for him. Well, it is a sausage fest on there. Well, yeah, but I mean, I was just looking out for my homie. I get you. It doesn't matter whether you're pitching or catching as long yeah. as you're playing ball. Yeah. I mean, who cares? Yeah. Welcome to the new era. I mean, I've talked about it here. I'm biased. So like, I, I've been on grinder, and like, grinders, goddamn, ladies, you need to catch up. It's fucking so efficient. <laughs> if dudes are nothing but efficient, like, for sure. I, just da- like- I downloaded it twice. Um, I downloaded it once. My buddy Paul, uh, I was so for sure was gay. Um, and I, like I said, it had nothing to do with my buddy's gay. Oh, fuck. I just, man, I've always wanted that privilege. Like, when someone's like, I, nobody knows this, but we're pregnant. Like, that privilege of, like, bro, nobody knows this, but I like, I'm gay. Yeah. I'm like, like, oh, fucking finally. Somebody told yeah. me. That'd be so cool. And he was at my house one night. Just sorry, my girlfriend. And uh, I was sitting over there, and I was like, but I I didn't know it going into it, but I was like, I, I think Grinder's like tender. If you're within a certain range, yeah. I can find you. So buddy, my buddy's sitting across the living room. I was like, you know what? I'm going to download Grinder right now. And I do, and I, I make the little profile deal, and I'm sitting there, and I'm scrolling through trying to find Paul, and I just get hammered like with messages. And I'm like, Dude, this is so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, I told I told my wife, I was like, you better step your game up. Yeah. I don't think you realize how good I am in the gay community. Yeah, it's <laughs> like door dashing dick. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. I mean, and I, there for I, a little bit. That's part of my bed. I say, oh, or you can say I'm Uber eating. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Uber eats fucking game changer. <laughs> but there for a little bit, I I was getting hit on so much at bars by gay guys. And like one guy that like finally I was like, all right, what the fuck is wrong with yeah. me? Like, why do I come across this way? I was at a bar one night with some buddies. Dude, me and this guy were talking. I am a huge hockey fan. And we're talking hockey. We talk sports. I'm not that crazy about the NFL or any of that shit. Uh, I don't know what it is about hockey. I just love it. I love yeah. hockey. And hockey and, and NASCAR or racing, right? It, yeah, not NASCAR. That's boring. Okay. That's fuck. Um, you like racing. Right? Dirt track racing. Dirt track racing. True okay. redneck shit. Uh, but this guy, like, we're bullshitting. We're having a good time. This is, like, literally the fifth day in a row because when i was like you know 22 i went out every night and me and this guy are bullshitting and then he's like kind of like rubs my back and it's nothing like you know like makes me feel weird or nothing yeah it's not gay about rubbing another dude's back but it wasn't like oh baby it was just like like you would a buddy you know yeah. and yeah <laughs> when he did that's it that's what he, i told all my friends too yeah he said do you want to get out of here i was like and what like go to another bar or like what and he was like like go to my place like, the dude with no gay door yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And because, uh, like I said, it don't, it don't matter to me. And he was like, like go back to my place. I'm so fucking dumb at this point. I'm just, you know, I'm 20, 21, 22. Yeah. And uh, in my head, I was like, to go watch hockey? Like, it's, I don't need to go to your house. Yeah. And he was like, no, like, come to my place. And I was like, oh, 
I'm not gay. He's like, you're not gay? I was like, but the way he said it to me, I was like, do I come across that gay? <laughs> He's like, I thought you were gay this whole time. I was like, no, dude. So, like, it bothered me so much that I'd been hit on so much by gay dudes that I, I went to my mom's house. And I was like, mom, is there something about me that says gay? Yeah. She was like, no, I don't think so. I was like, okay, so, like, why are guys trying to constantly pick me up? And she was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> and Dude, it happened, like, three more times. And I was just like... Maybe it's hockey. Maybe hockey's gay. Like that might be what it is. And I, I was at an open mic one night, and I get to bullshit with this guy. And I have a friend who who's been gay ever since I met him. Yeah. Um, super super good fucking dude. Um, always has, in a, I guess the not gayest way to say it, ha- always has like the best looking guys with him. Like just pulls good dick. <laughs> and uh, props to him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was at an open mic one night, and he'll send me gay shit all the time. Yeah. And it's nothing like, you know, him getting fucked or nothing, but it's, like, shit that he knows I'm straight, so he thinks it's funny. Yeah. And he sends it to me, and I get to bullshit with this guy at an open mic one night, and he's like, hey, will you give me a ride home? You know, nothing. I was like, yeah, I'll give you a ride. And he pulls his dick out on the way home. Jesus. I swear to God. And, I mean... Coming from a not gay guy, uh, one of the most impressive dicks I've ever seen in my life, like especially in person. I was just like, "You need to put it away, dude." Like, how do you wear jeans? Like, how do you walk around as a normal human being? And same deal. I called my mom. I was like, "Okay, this is getting out of hand." Like, this dude pulled his dick out in yeah. my truck, and she was like, "Well, I mean, you did give him a ride." She starts like blaming me. I'm like, yeah. I'm the victim. Like, I'm the victim, and you're blaming me. <laughs> and oh, there for a little bit, I was like, maybe like. I was like, I love women, but maybe. Because yeah. like, Henry Cavill, I even wrote a bit about it, is maybe one of the best-looking dudes on the face of this planet. It is a spectrum, man. There's always going to be that one guy. Oh, There's going to be that I, one. I told my wife, honestly, I would fuck the shit out of him for like five minutes, maybe, <laughs> tops. Uh, Henry Cavill is the best-looking dude, in my opinion, on the face of this planet. He was Superman. He was great in Man uh, Man from Uncle. Like He was great in The Witcher. Yeah. Like, even though the show kind of tailed off and lost me, but he's just amazing. Well, then, like, you hear about the Witcher stuff. Like, my my, my former roommate, my, my friend, is, like, a hardcore Witcher fan from the books and the Yeah, game. The, true, the true fan. Yeah, and, like, he was, like, telling me about how, like, the show was basically, lo- like, loving that they got rid of him, basically, because, like, there's so much conflicts of, like, him arguing with the show. Like, this is not how it is in the books. Yeah, because he's this a nerd. Not- he's a nerd. Yeah. And he's like, I want this to be true. And they're like, no, this is what we're doing. And he's like, no. Like, he would fight with them on the set. So, yeah. like, no, this needs to be like this. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, it's like Pedro Pedro Pascal yeah. uh, didn't know anything about Last of Us going yeah. into it. He called his nephews. Yes, yes. And, and that's crazy to me. Yeah. Because like, I remember when Last of Us came out, it's not my type of game. 2013. But I was like, you know, I'll give it a shot. Dude, 10 years ago. Yeah, and before you know it, you're so invested in yeah. the game. And then now I'm so invested in the show. Yeah, the, sto- the show was amazing. It was. It was. Um, I do feel the last episode was a little short. It could. I think they could have expanded a little bit more. I 100% agree. I honestly think it should have been 10 episodes. Yeah. It should have been 10, and they should have broke up the last, like, three episodes a little bit better. I don't think pa- Pedro Pascal can fucking miss right now. Though. No, no. He's Din Djarin. Um, When he wants to be. <laughs> yeah. If you hear that, there's three. There's three people at Armando. Yeah. There's the gunslinger, the one that does the fighting, and then there's Din or him when he wants to be on show. Like the Which I the don't, th- I don't necessarily disagree with. Him. He <coughs> no. wanted to just do the voice. Yeah. Why do I need to be this guy that yeah. never takes his helmet off? At the same time, from season one when it was just really mostly him, and uh-huh. he's so good at body presence and like 
you can feel his emotions even without seeing his face. Yeah, even that's when he very hard to room, do. You're like, this is a bad son of a bitch. Right if here. you want to know how hard that is, go watch Spider Man One with Willem Dafoe. Watch him <laughs> as the Green Goblin and watch him try to emote. Yeah, and it's like, like Kevin Smith talked about. It, it's like two watching two Power Ranger action figures of kids playing when you practically see the hands. Yeah. That's how you do it bad. And that was Sam Raimi and Willem Dafoe, mm-hmm. like star-studded people, and they failed at it. Yeah. But he can portray every emotion in the sun. And I mean, never the man see that directed face. Elf is yeah. one of the best Star Wars shows out. Well, not only that, but like most of the I time hated he's. I Boba Fett. Okay, so I didn't I like it until it. the last two episodes. See, I disagree. I, I didn't like it until Din showed up. Uh, okay, so we are on the same boat. Yeah. When Din showed up, the show got good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when it turned into Mandalorian 3.5 or whatever, it, turned, right. it got so much better. And I, then, I thought it was going to be like this gangster. I mean, he took over the huts. And yeah. Well, in my very first episode, me and my friend AJ chat about how the funniest thing was those damn uh, KitchenAid mixer-looking fucking speeders. <laughs> and they look slow. <laughs> they look stupid oh as shit. Oh, my God. It looks so bad. And this must be the baddest fucking dude in the yeah. galaxy. And yeah. And it had Tamora Morrison, like the perfect actor yes. for it. Like, and I love that dude. Like, yes. Like, how is it that he's better as Aquaman's dad than Boba Fett? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> he was better as Django Fett yeah. than he was as yeah. Boba Fett. And yes, that is fucking weird. Why is he better in the prequels? Right. That shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. Like, but it was. And uh, <laughs> good I point. Thought, good I Star thought, Wars point. I thought Kenobi was really good. I thought Kenobi was awesome, except for the chase with Flea. Yeah. In episode one. Yeah. That retard. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> well, it was retarded because it's slow. I'm actually using the technical w- w- version of, a, of yeah, the word. It, it was. It, it was, was re- el retard. Yeah. Um. It was a very slow chase from a little girl with flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which uh, threw me off so can't much. Run this girl down? Are you no. shitting me? It is. Well, not only that, but then it's like the. It, it's so much. It's almost like stunt casting. Almost like mm-hmm. I know Flea acts, and he was great in Big Lebowski and a couple yeah. other movies. But when it's such an iconic guy as it's Flea, like even the pop culture people know that's Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, he's been in Simpsons. Like, yeah. so like to put him in that role to where he's the surprise at the end of this little race in the very first episode, everybody's just like, "What the fuck's Flea doing here?" Like, it's just <laughs> yeah. like what? It's like it, it was so jarring to me, and not din jarring. <laughs> no. Yeah. What bothered me, the only thing about that whole show, I thought the emotions were good. Even yeah. Ewan McGregor's, he's great in everything. I um, thought anything to. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. His emotions, like you felt like this, this destroyed guy yeah. trying to you know figure it out after his best friend slash brother fucking turns on him. He's just trying to figure it out while he protects his own kids. Yeah. And uh, my only bitch about the whole show was the Kenobi Anakin training scene. With old Anakin. Dude, it didn't need it. We didn't need it. First of all, we didn't need it, but he didn't need to look forty in it no. either. You know, like it, at this point, he's a Padawan. Yeah, he's fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, and I, I felt the same way with like um, Mando season two when they had the reveal of Luke, and it was a CGI Luke. It's like, yes, we can do it, but like people were like at the same time wanting Sebastian Stan to do Luke because mm-hmm. he looks pretty good. Like, close he like does Mark. look really good as him, and it's like one of those things where I think Disney and Marvel and Star Wars have done this with the shows where it's like. They have this ambitious idea, like, we're going to push boundaries of technology so well that this is going to work. Mm-hmm. And then they shoot it, and then they get the post, and they can't do it. Mm-hmm. And it's already done. Yeah. And I think like, they need to stop doing that, and they need yeah. to actually just do what's best for the, the shot, not what can we do later. Right. With ILM, you know, and Weta picking up the, the you know, the, the work of it. Right. 
Like I see that a lot of times with their shit. Um, I think Ahsoka's great. Yes. Uh, I'm excited for that deal yeah. to come out. Um, she's perfect for Ahsoka. Yeah, like, Rosario Dawson is yeah. amazing. She was great in Clerks. Yes. Um, I, I love her. I think she's great. Even the spot. Did you watch Clerks? Uh, Clerks three. I have not watched it yet. You should watch. Um, I need. She's to. great in I, it. I, I um, I'm I, not gonna spoil anything, but it's, um, it's it's, you will cry if oh, you are really? a fan of Clerks one and two. And I'm like that whole universe, yeah. I was bawling in this show. Really? Yes, it is so touching. It is so good, and it was so inspiring because also it's like, oh, have you seen the trailer for it or anything? Yeah. Where like Randall decides to film a movie about Clerk, basically like mm-hmm. it's a, a Clerk. Kevin one that, Smith. Yeah. yeah. So it's like Randall has a heart attack, and he decides to change his life, and basically has a midlife crisis, and says, "I'm going to film a movie about Clerks," and basically does that, and it's. <laughs> It's so inspiring. Bless you, by the way. Yeah, it's so inspiring. Yeah, of like that also was like this kind of inspired me. Like you know, like little mm-hmm. bi- little people trying to make something big on their own with their friends and stuff like that. I feel like I feel like Kevin Smith himself is inspiring. Agreed. He he didn't go through all the the big promotion bullshit. Dude, he made it yeah. happen. Like I think that's so awesome. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like you know a lot of people, a lot of, I've met. I say a lot of comics i'm not gonna name anyone specific because a few of them are kind of like bigger names that hate like trevor wallace um but he's self-made how do you hate a guy you know what i mean yeah. like it's crazy to me yeah I, like i, I it's kind of like when people like say like, i don't like certain genres of music or it's just because it's a genre and i'm like i don't hate any type of like traditionally i don't like a lot of newer country but yeah. i recognize talent and i can mm-hmm. recognize a lot of effort and work going into something like one of my favorite artists right now is Oliver Tree. Yeah. Like, uh, that dude puts so much work and skill, and there's so much effort into that shit. You uh, can't help but respect it. I'm digging the music right now, too. Like, you know what I mean, though? But like, <laughs> yeah. you can see how self made, how much work he puts into it. Mm-hmm. Um, Childish Gambino, another way. Like, uh, Tyler Creator. Tyler Lamar. Creator. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, you can just recognize how much skill and effort they're putting into it, and mm-hmm. you can't help but appreciate and respect it. Right. And that's kind of what the best things I listen to and like, watch and stuff like that. Right. Um, see, I, I, I grew up. I, I've only mostly listened to metal my whole life. If if you actually went through my Spotify, you'd be like, what is wrong with this guy? Yeah. Is he schizophrenic? You know, it's oh yeah, mine's scary as shit. Oh, mine goes from uh, Slipknot to Whitechapel to Slaughter to Prevail. I mean, to you know George Strait to uh, fucking Tyler the Creator, all the way back. Even Elvis is in there. Yeah, like, it's it's across the spectrum and. It, I don't shit on anyone. If if that's what you feel like, yeah, I I'm I'm not suicidal by no means, but uh, I've listened to Slipknot since fourth grade, fourth or fifth grade. Yeah, uh, there was a video game that came out called MTX Moto Tracks. It was Travis Pastrana's dirt bike game. I remember that. Yeah, and Slipknot was like the main band on that game, and man, I fell in love with them, and that led into Azalea dying and so on and so forth. But, um. Going through high school, I was, you know, at one point I was the big stud wide receiver, you know, started varsity as a freshman. And like I said, before we, before we started filming, um, I was never meant to be an athlete. I, I I was a nerd, but I was just really fucking fast and really good at catching footballs. And uh, so I, I just kept doing that, you know. But uh, my senior year, going into my senior year, I had full-fledged open-heart surgery. And... Two surgery, two heart surgeries, one full-fledged break the ribs, all that shit. Jesus. And uh, I had a two-and-a-half-inch hole in my heart. And they fixed it, and then I went back to playing football. And 
I had all these colleges interested and all this and that. And then I blew my knee out playing football and colleges, I became a leopard to them. And I blew my knee out. And then I was like, well, I, I always wanted to join the military because my grandpa fought in World War II uh, for Nazi Germany. And I made that up. <laughs> he, he fought for the U.S. Um, uh, you, the way you subtly get those it gets me every time. <laughs> it's, it, it's well done. It's very well done. I, uh, um, it reminds me of a take this as a compliment. I hope you do. Is uh, Kevin Nealon. Mm-hmm. The way his comedy is of dropping stuff under his breath, it very <laughs> yeah. reminds me. Of, so, like, pro- I don't say props to you because that's what that's the first thought that comes to my mind is like Kevin Nealon is so great at that. Yeah, I've just run on sentences and dropping stuff under his breath and just well, like, you, you can't catch it until like, oh shit! I I do it a lot <laughs> in my stand up. Uh, like, I have this this threesome story, which someone pointed out to me a while back was a uh, I was molested story, and I was like, no, I wasn't. I was fully aware of what I was doing. Yeah. But I was 13 hanging out with these seniors and I ended up having a threesome with one of my buddies and this girl. And the story is true. It was, it was like Christmas break. My buddy calls me and he's like, man, I really want to hang out. I'm bored as fuck. Let's do something. And we go see a Christmas carol of all fucking things to do. That's what we go do together. Yeah. Me and me and another dude I I hang out with and, on stage, though, I was like, and about halfway through the movie, <coughs> he leans over and he starts kissing me. And then I'm just like, I'm just fucking. He didn't kiss me. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, no, he actually leaned over and he was like, hey, man, I got this chick who's down for a threesome. Are you down? And I was like, hell yeah, I'm down. Like, dude, I, and this is no bullshit. I had lost my virginity like two weeks prior to this. So I'm just like, in my head, I was like, this is all happening. This is that's, how- that's the hardest part with me is like, people ask me, when did you lose your virginity? I'm like, essentially? Right. That's and- like. <laughs> I remember the, the girl I did lose it to. Uh, she lived a street <laughs> over. She lived a street. Sorry, over. I didn't mean to interrupt it with that. But just... uh, I I went. I never said a word to this girl ever. But you know, I'm 13. I'm horny, and yeah. She texts me. I know. I was like, you should come over. I have a tent, and I go over. And that's a coincidence. I'm pitching one right now. Exactly, dude. Like, <laughs> let's I, go camping. Yeah, you know, hard is run with a hard dick. Like, it's crazy. And I snuck over to her house in the middle of the night. And I, you know, we get to fucking around, and we, I didn't, ha- I didn't lose virginity that night, but I was like, this is the girl I'm gonna fuck for sure. Yeah. And my mom calls me in the middle of this, like I'm in the middle of like we're full foreplay shit, and my mom calls and I ignored it, and I took off running home. I was such, here's how dumb I was as a kid. Oh God. I jumped the back fence. I mean, drenched in sweat by this point. I'm, I'm oh, I thought you were going to say your boner caught the fence top or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the equipment to do that. Me I'd have either, to, man. I'd have either. to drag my belly across the fence. You know, and Same. <laughs> I jumped the fence. I'm out of breath standing in my own backyard, and I call my mom like, hello? And she was like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, nothing. I just went for a walk. She's like, why are you out of breath? Yeah. And my mom was – that's how cool my mom was. You know, like she was a good uh, – Here's where you're fucking up. You're a fucking idiot. But I could be very honest with my mom. Yeah. And I, well, I want the same relationship with my kids. Like, I that was like the very first like bluntly honest with my mom. Like, I go in the house. She's like, what were? It's like two thirty in the morning. She's like, what were you doing? I'm like, nothing. I just walk around. She's like, what are you doing? I said, do you really want to hear I was fingering the fuck out of this girl? Up the street? <laughs> and my mom's like, oh goddamn, I'm going to bed. I was like, well, goddamn, you wanted to know. This episode of Unloading Meat is not brought to you by someone like Ridge Wallet. Ridge Wallet. Man, I really wish I had a new wallet, Stefano. 
mine's falling apart over here. It's like held together by dreams and duct tape. And it's it's pretty empty as it is. Um, man, if I had a company like Ridge sponsoring this show, guys, you wouldn't have to hear these horrible, horrible fake ads. So if you want to make that happen, reach out to your company, favorite company like Ridge and uh, tell them to sponsor the show, Unloading Meat. Anyway, back to the show. Um, I will have to get some food in a second because like my shit is like starting to be like I'm smoking too much and I, I don't want to. I haven't eaten since breakfast, so I'm like that. I'm like going because like this is my second podcast and I like I've been going. Who was before me? Uh, Alex Horner. Oh, he was here today. Yeah, yeah he's here oh, today. Really? Yeah. Went. I like Alex. Yeah, Alex is a good guy. Yeah, he. Uh, I did when I did that Canes deal. Um, we got to talking after, and he was he was one of many now. That was like, dude, you're so much like Nate Bargatze on stage. But as dirty as like Tom Segura, and I was like, dude, yeah. high five me right now. Like that's yeah, it's not what I'm shooting for, but yeah. I will gladly take that compliment because yeah. I hate clean comedy. I hate it. I uh, I'm not good at it. I can run a clean show, but it just don't feel like me. Yeah, and it's it's kind of how I am too. Like yeah. I try. I and, and 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 like there's people that you know clean does pay better. I mean you can get 100%. better gigs. Hundred percent. I'm not shout. I'm not doubting it. And like people like Nate Bargatze do are a master at it for sure. Um, but it takes a special kind. It does. It, um, I mean, he grew up not cussing at all. Yeah. Like truly, that's him. And Jim Gaffigan is a, is another really good yeah. clean comic. But I just man, I've ran clean shows. It doesn't feel like me. I yeah. I'm not as confident in it. Um, I don't have a problem running the same jokes and taking you know fuck out of it yeah. or shit or whatever. But I just don't feel right. Um. um I agree with you, and I also, like, there's times, like, so, like, um, the loony bin doesn't want you to really be too risque. Right. Um, but they, they, within reason, you know, mm-hmm. don't drop fuck every five, every five seconds, but, like, within reason, you know, right. you can be good. Uh, sometimes within restrictions, it does let the creativity go faster, better. Mm-hmm. Like, cause with, like, you're trying to work around something, so, you, like, you creatively figure out stuff. Right. But at the same time... I am right there with you where I, I am not a clean comic by any stretch of the imagination. And it's, right. I got to do what's comfortable for me. Yeah. Um, but I also tried to, if I'm signing up for a show and that's the rules, I do agree to the rules. A hundred percent. Um, I bring it up to like when I worked at one cell phone company one time that was allegedly against tattoos. Yeah. Um, I signed up for the job. So, Hey, I wore long sleeve yeah, shirts. I did the thing. Like I, I submitted to the, you know, take that job. I do. I apply by the rules. Mm-hmm. And it was the middle of July, and the AC went out, and it was like 107 in the store, and I'm in a sweater vest. And my coworkers are getting outraged because I'm, like, having a heat stroke. Like, I'm sweating my balls off. I'm I'm really sick. I'm going right. back to the bathroom and, like, throwing cold water on myself and stuff because I had to keep long sleeves on stuff. And uh, come to find out that day, it was just that manager at that store that had the tattoo policy because she thought they were icky. It wasn't actually the company policy. She was lying that entire time. So I was almost having a heat stroke because of her view on tattoos. And then, like, her big boss was there that day. And he was like, where's your tattoos? And I showed him. And she's, he's like, there's nothing offensive. Go out there and just wear a T-shirt. I'm like, God, man, I'm sorry. Yeah. And, like, after that, I was like, I'm done with this company. Like, I, 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 after, like two months later, I was looking for another job. I was like, I'm, right. this is already, yeah. Like, it sucked. But, like, you know, what I was getting at is, like, I knew what the, the the rules were going into it. I accepted them, mm-hmm. so I was not. I was the one that was never going to be outraged, but everybody around me was outraged about it. Right, and I was just like, "Not a big deal." Yeah, my my first experience at Looney Bin was rough. Um, Mine too. You know the fifteen year oh, yeah, story. <laughs> yeah, 
What? It wasn't that rough. Yeah. But uh, I had I legit had PTSD over this shit. Like <laughs> like honestly, two weeks ago when I filmed that blue whales thing, mm-hmm. the reason I did it so much is because like that was 15 years from me going to the Looney Bin. And I had never gone back since. Right. And honestly, I had a lot of anxiety that night. I, uh, my first time there, I uh, I was fresh to the comedy scene, and I was like, man, you know, in my head. Like I said, I hit the ground running. In my head, I was like, if I can go kill at the comedy club of yeah. Tulsa, like that'll be huge, you know? And I went, I was by myself, you know, that's why I met Michael Patton that night. I met a guy named Conrad from Arkansas. Yeah. Who, who yeah, have you met Conrad? Yeah, I've I, met Conrad. I enjoy the shit out of that alopecia shithead. <laughs> uh, I enjoy him, man. He's a cool dude. Um, we had a, we had a, we were Jada, don't come after us. Yeah. <laughs> I would. I'm not Chris Rock. I would have sued. You know, slapped yeah. me, slapped the fuck out of me. And, yeah. You know, and, uh, but I went and. Did you watch Chris Rock's latest special? I did. It, it was pretty good how it's, he got. I mean, there was like 30 minutes basically on Roast and Will. It 100%. A, yeah. It was so genius. Yeah. Oh my fucking God. Well, it was old school Chris Rock yeah. again. Yeah. And the way he did it live and everything, just, man. Mm-hmm. God yeah. damn. Like, that was impressive as hell. Well, it's it's so fun now that I'm so, I'm so deep into comedy to really start in a, a weird way pay attention to how people present it's their an comedy. art there's, like, a, there's an art form to it yeah he's a, re- a repeat 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 so you know what this joke's about there's no underlying bullshit yeah. and then he hammers the punchline and it kills like um, dave chappelle man like dave chappelle is a master man and like shit dude, dude I, as far as i'm concerned he'll forever be the goat yeah, I, I, I grew agreed. i grew up on richard Pryor and yeah. all these guys but Dave Chappelle's the goat. There's a reason that the Chappelle show still holds up. There, I mean, there's a reason that every single one of the specials are just so good, and it's like he is good the goat. I mean, dude, like, like even like a couple specials ago when he did that punch that fishbowl joke uh-huh. when he was Where talking he, about he just had the random the, idea yeah. and he's like I'm gonna get her right, kick her in the pussy or something like that. Yeah, that was the punchline. He worked on that for like five minutes. You forget all about it. and He goes right back to it and it yeah. works. Yeah. And it's just like that's so masterful, man. Yeah. It's oh, so yeah. good. Which I I tried to I try to keep in mind when I I swear when I write jokes because it's funny to be compared, you know, by people to Nate Bargatze but dirty or yeah. uh, you're like Nate Bargatze but like with Tom Segura's humor or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's because it's crazy to get it compared to them because I'm leaning more towards like Dave Chappelle. Yeah, and. I, I take so much of his advice he talks about yeah. and shit and he uh he just can't beat the guy. He's yeah. he's the man and I just have to keep going like nothing is off limits if you come at it at a smart angle. If you come at I'm, it with I, I agree. I yeah. just I I try really hard to stop listening to people telling me I can't do this, I can't do that, you shouldn't do a joke about this and it's coming from other comics and stuff and I'm like mm-hmm. I understand where you're coming from. It's not for me. Right. Maybe you don't want to go there, I have to. Yeah, I'm the same way. Um, I, I like I said, there's 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 no line to cross. Yeah. Uh, it's it's comedy, and, and the people who who do get offended, do you forget where you're at? It, it yeah. blows me away. You came out tonight, like whether you knew the comic or you were just looking for a night out. Agreed. You knew walking into this, it was a comedy show. There's a pretty good fucking chance you're not gonna like everybody up there. And I've been fortunate uh, to even and my favorite thing. Ever is when you you can see someone who you know is not into you, but you can get them to fuck around and laugh. That is my absolutely like when I did Memphis, I did four shows in Memphis. Uh, it was a festival, and I think there was twenty comics, and out of these twenty comics, I'm the only white one. It's it's an all black show, 
and I didn't mind it. You know, honestly, I got nervous when yeah. I, not even from like the people. When I pulled up to the comedy club, I was like, I'm in the wrong part of this fucking town. <laughs> and I went in. I met the comics. I'm I stand out so much. This 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 girl comic, she said, uh, she starts whispering to the lady that owns the comedy club, and then they start laughing. And I, you know, I I can tell they're talking about me. And she went, Are you a comic? I said, yeah. She's like, I thought you were here to audit us. I didn't know what the fuck you were doing here. And that's how I introduced, got introduced to all these these, these comics in Memphis. Yeah. And I was so fucking nervous. It was the most nervous I've ever been for a show in my life because I know it's a black comedy club. Yeah. And typically, I, I weirdly do better in front of black crowds than I do white crowds. And they, Yeah. I, I don't know I can why. See it. I can see it. I don't know why, but I do. I don't know if it's because I say the shit that... They won't or what, but like, uh, I used to have this whole bit about Joe Rogan being Jesus, and it wrapped up, long story short, Jesus had crazy followers, Joe Rogan has crazy followers, um, Joe Rogan got in trouble for some shit he shouldn't have said, but Jesus grew up in a different time, so if you don't think he said some off-colored shit, you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah. The white crowd's against it, like, bomb that joke. Yeah. If I'm in front of a black crowd, they, they just think it's the funniest shit yeah. they've ever heard. But I was literally, I was so nervous just because where the club was, I'm out of my element at this club. I almost went home and I, I drove all the way to Memphis to do this show. Sure. And coincidentally, I had watched this deal before I left this little documentary series uh, called You Have to Kill. And it had Tom Segura on it and a couple other comics. There was this uh, comedy club owner out of uh, Minnesota, I want to say. He's he's Asian. And he flew these four comics to, uh, I think it was like Hong Kong, Vietnam. Like these just Asian Holy countries. Holy shit. And he made them go up every night in front of these Asian crowds. That's and so great experience. 100%. Like, oh my and, God. I mean, even Tom Segura like bombs on yeah. the show. And I thought, as dumb as it is, as, as some, how dumb my brain works, I thought... I mean, he's Tom Segura, but yeah. like even at this time, he was still Tom Segura. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, if Tom can fly to another country and do these jokes in yeah. front of people that don't understand what the fuck he's saying, I can handle Memphis. Yeah. And I went on that first night, and it's 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 refreshing, and it's kind of really speaks to your character that you can pull that from that, and I really respect oh, that. Like, I appreciate it. Like that that's that says a lot though. Yeah. Like that you can say that, and you can kind of take from that a, a really good lesson. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate it. I, I, I remember I, I was sitting in the crowd. I might as well have been a light bulb in this fucking room. It was so dark. I'm the only white guy there. Every comic mentioned it, that I was the only white guy yeah. there. And it was a good time, though, man. And I got up there. I told some dumb jokes, and it, it lands here and there. And then I started really just hammering this thing. And I closed on this joke I had written uh about go, making a doctor's visit, and I still run this joke every now and then. I think it was in my last one at the Canes, um, about how I didn't know through COVID, um, doctor visits got fucked up, and you had to do virtual calls. And so I FaceTime this doctor. I can't see him really well, and he tells me I need a prostate exam. <laughs> and I folded, and I set my phone down, and he's going to walk me through it. And I, about, I almost get to my asshole, and all I heard was, Nice. And I was like, what the fuck? So I grabbed my phone, and it's my dad on the other end of the line. <laughs> and, dude, when I said this joke in front of probably, I don't know, 200 Holy shit. Memphis-born 
I mean, like true blue Memphian, Memphian, Memphians, um, <laughs> Memphians. Dude, I've never killed on a joke that hard in my life, and I remember getting off stage. I was like, "What was I so nervous about?" And oh, uh, it was just it was the greatest experience, really, because. Like I said, I was out of my element. Yeah. I I mustered through and did it, knowing it might not go to my liking. And I was supposed to do, I think, I think I was supposed to do 30 minutes, and I did damn near an hour. Holy and, shit. Dude, the crowd just ate it up. And I had one joke about shitting in public and how I'm self-conscious about it and how I like to go into Quick Trip. This is true. I've done it a bunch of times for no reason. Like, I'll go piss Someone's in there taking a shit. I'll just roast that guy for no reason, and then I'll sneak out. <laughs> I just be like, I'll stand there and be like, "Dude, you're a worthless piece of shit," and just <laughs> hammer, just hammer this guy for shitting in public, like we all do, you know. But I just be like, "You're the nastiest motherfucker in Tulsa," and just I'll Fuck. go, I'll go pretend to shop just to watch this guy come out. And I've done it so many times. I wrote it into a bit. And I was telling the story in Memphis about how I recommend everybody does it. Just go roast someone in public for no reason. And this lady was like, you ain't from Memphis, are you? And I was like, man, this is like one of my first jokes. I was like, this is not going to go well. Yeah. You know, and I was like, fuck Memphis. You know, it's like, first thing I said, I was like, fuck Memphis. Go do it. I don't give a fuck where you live. Yeah. And it's still, I, I, it's not just some dumb bit I wrote up. Yeah. Uh, my brother started it. <laughs> he started it. On me yeah. when, I was, when I was shitting, and that grew into like we'd be pissing at the same time in the bathroom, yeah. and for no reason, I was just like, "You're worthless, man. You're a worthless piece of yeah. shit in there," <laughs> and just hammer that guy, and then you know go dig in the chips or whatever yeah. until they come. I mean, out. it's kind of like where the the origin of the preheat segment came on with the show. It's like I don't know if you've seen the preheat all on my show, or did you see the email? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like that's kind of like the origin of this. Like it started from I grew up fat. And like I had to think of the the fat jokes about myself to kind of take the thunder out of them before, right. you know, before anybody else could come at me and like, oh, I've already thought of all the best ones. Yeah, nothing on me. Right, it's like growing up with Barbie yeah. as your last name. Yeah, sure. There's um, nothing you can say I sure. have not heard of. You this could story. totally relate. Yeah. yeah. So like that's where the preheat segment came in. Like I know I'm putting this out there on YouTube. I know mm -hmm. what I look like. Right. I know what I'm talking about. There's gonna be trolls. Yeah. So I will read their comments live on air every time I get one, some comments, as long as they include a picture of themselves and email it to us. Right. So I can retort and roast them on the air, too. Yeah, that's only fair. I think it's only fair. Yeah. Um, by the way, I think we should just go ahead and go at it. We, the preheat. Pre oh, it's hot. We got the preheat. And guys, if you want to join the preheat, all you have to do is send an email to unloadingmeat at gmail.com, subject preheat, and include a picture of yourself. And we'll read your dirty, disgusting comments about myself or whatever guest you wanted to talk about as long as we can retort back. I'm sure it's me. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Roscoe, <laughs> Roscoe looks like a piece of shit. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I, I probably sent in 30 emails just on that guy. <laughs> Uh, you got any roast jokes for me or anything off the top of your head you want to roast me a little bit? Uh, well, uh, I, was, I could take it. I was thinking about it on the way here. Um, you look the floor like is yours. Well, you know, like the show Vikings. Like, yeah. I feel like that's like what you're going for on that. But it looks like you would like plunder and rape everything at McDonald's. You know, it's just like <laughs> that was good. That was good. I, uh, that was good. I thought about it. I thought I did. Um, I'm not. I I don't know. I I roasted people <clears throat> growing up because my last name was Barbie. So yeah. uh, when I started comedy, that was one of the first things I did when I got on stage. Like, Garrett Barbie, everyone's like, fucking Barbie, are you shitting me? Yeah. And 
it's really my name. So the first thing I did when I got up there, I was like, you know, I know my, I know you heard that right. My last name is Barbie. I heard all the dumb jokes, you know, like Ken wears Barbie, Barbie, Barbie Dream House. That's the cutest dick I've ever seen. And just like <laughs> stereotypical Barbie jokes. I got one for you. I'd love to hear it. You look like every guy that joins a neighborhood watch and it makes every black kid not comfortable wearing a hoodie. Dude. <laughs> I, I uh, when I first started comedy, <laughs> I had someone come up to me and go, you look like every generic white guy ever. And I was like, I'm not that generic. I have an easy E tattoo on my back of my arm. And then I thought, What's the whitest fucking thing I could have done in my entire life and is get an easy E tattoo on the back of my arm. And I did it. You got an easy E tattoo? I damn sure do. Nice. Yeah. I uh, I was dating this girl at the time, uh, straight out of Compton had just come out. I was a huge fan of it. I I like NWA way before that. Yeah. And uh Yeah. You just love their attitude. I did. Uh yeah. And you're <laughs> and, a big uh, fan of clocks. Yeah. And uh <laughs> I used to have the rope chain, you know, and uh I, I got a perm for no reason. It was red next to the sundial. Yeah, I started wearing a Compton hat for no reason. And uh, But I was dating this girl at the time, and I'm so spontaneous with my tattoos. Like, there's nothing so, like... So, dude, so am I. Oh, this means, you know, it's nothing like I'm that. working on full sleeves, too, and like a lot of my stuff was like tattoo, like cancer conventions and stuff like that. And, right, like, yeah. And, and yeah, like I'm at my Mr. BC. I have a Kool-Aid man on my fucking arm. Like, like <laughs> when I went to get this, it's so coincidental. You have the Empire and Rebels. Because yeah. I went... To get the Empire and the Rebel on my on my wrists, and I end up getting the back of my arm tattooed, <laughs> and like these three, uh, I got in Vegas. They were ten dollar tattoos, and this one is my son, and the unicorn or the Pegasus is my daughter, and then the elephant's my wife. Nice, and because uh, she's big as shit, it's like a sack <laughs> of laundry. Jeez. And uh, no, she's she's unreal. I can't believe if you've listened to my set. I shit on my wife so much, oh. um, and she's an amazing support group, yeah. all in her own. Um, she pushed me to do in comedy. I mean, at the end of the day, she'll take it out on your backside. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, uh, I'm gonna be shitting baseballs. Um, so it all goes full circle. But uh, no, my tattoos, other than this one, this one it did mean a lot. Um, my mom had this tattooed on her shoulder. Okay, and I got, and she wanted to get a tattoo that said "Take it easy." And when she died, I got that tattooed, and I got you know, my family. Because at the time I got this, my daughter was obsessed with the Dropkick Murphy song, Rose Tattoo. So I got a Rose Tattoo uh, in Duluth, Minnesota, and then I got that because I'm a fucking nerd. Um, <laughs> I mean, I got, like, my favorite X-Men is Nightcrawler, and then I got I got, I got got two Deadpools. Uh, I got a Power Ranger on my arm. I mean, I got nerd shit I'm everywhere. I'm shit. Yeah. <laughs> Then I have the racing shit, you know. But uh, the uh, the easy e tattoo. The girl I was dating at the time. I I guess I'm spontaneous with tattoos. Nothing's planned. It, it is and isn't. I've had these plans since I was a little kid. Yeah. Um, but I remember I told her I was just joking around. I said I'm thinking about getting an easy e tattoo. She's like, you're not going to. Like, okay. Well, oh, now you have to. I'm going to. Yeah. She's like, if you did, I would break up with you. And I swear on my life, I got tattooed that night with easy on my on my back of my arm, because I wanted an out. Yeah. And that seemed pretty easy, you know. Easy. Yeah. I mean, a couple hundred bucks, and this yeah. bitch is out of my life. Oh and fuck yeah, that's cheaper than a divorce. Guarantee it. And I got it, and she stuck around for another fucking six months, and I hated it. You're divorced twice. God, 
I yeah. told I literally told my wife today on the phone, if we got divorced, I would never do it again. I didn't think I would, and then, like honestly, like my first divorce, like we had a pretty bad falling out, and there's still like I, I don't talk to her. Like there's right. a lot of it was a very fucked up relationship, and then there's mm-hmm. um yeah. So then my second wife, we were just incompatible. Like they just uh I still talk to her, and we're still friendly. I mean, for right. kids especially. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, great, hats off to you yeah. for that too, though. It's just like I'm officially just a co-parent with her. Like, I don't want anything past that. Just a, I'm a parent. I don't need to know about your life. You're, you know, remarried or whatever. Uh, it just, you know, hats off to you. We've kind of still our separate ways. We were just, mm-hmm. we were just incompatible. Yeah. Um, which is super, super uh, mature too, though. I mean, at the time, I mean, I still like. There's, there's reasons why I don't want a friendship, and that's kind of like the way that she left. Mm-hmm. And the way that she treated my oldest daughter when she left, because um, like I only have one daughter with each kid with each uh, wife, mm-hmm. so like my oldest daughter, you know, lives with me, and my second wife came in and like you know was her stepmom for like six or seven years, mm-hmm. or uh, and then kind of just dropped her cold turkey whenever she left me, and it kind of I go by character, and I'm like that showed your true character kind of shit, like yeah, do whatever you want with me, but like my kid didn't deserve that, and 100%. I'll, I'll never kind of get over that right so that's where i don't associate and again right. this part will be cut but uh yeah that's where i'm in with that part about it yeah um and it made it getting over it a lot easier yeah so yeah i'm dating somebody now uh this is the first time i've dated somebody in almost two years right so again i don't even think i'll i don't even know if i'll ever get married remarried again right i just don't yeah i i told my wife i was like if this don't work yeah. never again and I guess it was the, my tone or something. She was like, is it that bad for you? I was like, yeah. no, I just would never do this again. Yeah. Um, because, you know, like I feel like I feel like all guys dream, like daydream of like, man, back when I was single. And it's not even just like the hunting pussy or whatever. Yeah. It was just freedom. You could yeah. do whatever you wanted. Uh, you didn't have someone hounding you. Oh, my God, you, you're going to sit around all day and do this, you yeah. know, and. Oh, so much nicer. And then my ex boss, who's questionably gay, uh, okay, he's he's a he's I would say he's a good dude. He's not, but um, he's very feminine, um, which some guys are. I've met plenty of them that are. But we got to bullshit one night. We were drinking, and I was just joking around. I was like, you know how much easier it'd be to be gay? And he was like, oh my god, yeah, dude. He goes into it just like, you know, normal bullshit yeah. conversation, and it would. Uh, like my buddy that's very gay I was telling you about earlier. Yeah. If me and him were together, it would just be so much easier. He, did, did you ever um, – I'm a big fan of Norm MacDonald. Oh, yeah. Uh, his album where he had him and Will Ferrell are the two first gays. Uh-huh. Did you ever hear that? Oh, yeah. That is – oh, my God. And, like, it's just that conversation it, where, like, yeah. they just try it, and then they do the, the actual second. He's, ah! and he's <laughs> yeah. screaming for, like, three bits. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it's, that's but my 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 ex boss was like, use lube, folks. Use lube. I guarantee it. You Go slow. You don't want to prolapse. I no. mean, that's worst case scenario. Uh, no, that's like getting into like the heavy segments of YMH Live or something. I don't even ever watch that shit. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. a big I'm a big Tom Segura fan. So like, same. Um, but prolapse, I don't no. I don't get it. No, I don't. Yeah. Oh. We can move on from that. We can anyway, just move on from uh, that subject. <laughs> yeah, my boss was like, yeah, dude, it'd be so much easier, and it would, you know, like. For me, it'd be like, hey, I don't feel like doing shit today. I'm going to play games. Yeah. Or, hey, I'm going to go to the races, you know, or whatever. 
Uh, but he was like, yeah, dude. And like me and you would like go to the races and then we'd just come home and fuck each other. And, but he was like so sincere about it. I was like, okay. I don't know if you know I'm fucking around, but, uh, <laughs> not going to happen, man. And he was like, no, 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 it's nothing gay. I was like, everything you said was pretty gay. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You ever, uh, watched Orgasmo? Fuck yeah, Remember dude. Trey or Matt Stone? Damn right. Uh, I that did. character that with the bullet and the. I don't know if it's not queer or nothing, but I think unicorns are kick ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always think about that. Like, it just pops in my mind. Like, 100%. Just, my lexicon of, like, weird He's movies. He's my favorite character in the whole movie. Oh my God. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, especially because now Ron Jer- Jeremy's canceled. Yeah, I can't. He was a fan of comedy and everything. Yeah, dude, I, just I, had, I had to quit watching Boondock Saints because of him, you know? Uh, <laughs> just, uh, who would have. I mean. You do sex for a living. Yeah. Like, why do you need to take it a step further? It's yeah. crazy to me. And it's it's kind of like when Harvey Weinstein did his shit. It's like, you, I bet you could get pussy the regular way. I mean, you have enough money to buy it. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, you can buy top-tier escorts. And then he, like, came on the on the, the fake plants in the room and stuff, too. Like, that's just gross. I actually listened to a story not too long ago um, that he got out of line with uh, whoever the fuck Brad Pitt was with at the time. With Paltrow. Or was well, it, it was uh, Gwyneth. It was Gwyneth. It was Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, and Brad Pitt went and fucking yes. confronted him over yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she talked about it on Howard Stern. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that made me respect Brad so much, too. 100%. Like, that's a good Maybe, dude. Like, also in the top tier of best-looking guys in Hollywood. Yeah. Agreed. Oh, and Fury. I was like, if I could pull oh. that haircut off, 100%. He was uh, such a Troy. boss in that movie. Him and Troy. Troy? The yeah. long blonde hair. Oh, my For God. For sure. That first... Five seconds where, like, he fights that big dude and just one hits him, mm-hmm. like, just stabs him, the, the jumping hit. I'm just like, why is my dick hard? Like, it's just like, <laughs> I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Dude, I was actually thinking about this the other day, and I, I'm, I wanted to write it into a bit. I'd have ran it on stage because I was out of shit to talk about, but, uh, when me and my wife first started dating, uh, she wanted to see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I yeah. had not seen one at the time. I was burnt out on superhero movies at the time. I mean, after Tobey Maguire, I was just like, I don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. And uh, we went and seen, and I was, as a man, I f- or especially with maybe I'm just a dick, when I'm so negative about something, I have to keep that. No matter how much I enjoyed it, yeah. I have to just keep downplaying yeah, it. When keeping it real goes too long, goes, too, uh, exactly. uh, goes wrong. Exactly. Yeah. And she was like, I want to see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I was like, I don't want to see that stupid shit. Yeah. She was like, I'm, I really want to. I was like, all right, fuck it. We'll go. So I take her. I enjoy the, the perfect hell. way to experience a Marvel movie. Yeah. And, I With, mean, without said hate going in. A hundred percent. And <laughs> I I was, I mean, the only reason I wanted to see it, because I, I think Zoe Saldana is hot no matter what she does. Especially with those little antler things you had. Yeah. Or no, even, no, even, no, she's Gamora. She wasn't Gamora. She yeah. was Gamora. Yeah. I'm even, thinking of Mantis. I'm thinking of the, yeah. The oh, girl. yeah. The brain with uh, Kurt Russell or whatever. Yeah. Um, but even in Avatar, I was like, I would fuck shit out of this alien. Like, she's gorgeous. That, there's a whole bunch. I, I was watching it on TikTok. There was some comedian talking about, like, the most unrealistic thing about Avatar is that like, there's no fucking humans wanting to just fucking jerk off and hump, like, hump all the fucking knobby or whatever they're like. I haven't seen that, but that is 100% accurate. Like, it, it, realistically, all those army dudes are like, there's going to be a few of them that are just like, it's like it's like fucking anime porn. It's like, I, it's like a hentai. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, hentai. I forgot. Like they go to the fucking like the fucking bathrooms and the fucking base, and there's just fucking hentai, fucking uh, yeah. Navi getting railed with their USB tails and 100%. shit like that. Um, we went and seen. That's the only reason I really went. And I love Chris Pratt too, so yeah. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I might enjoy it. Watch the whole movie. Just enjoy myself, start to finish. And I said I hadn't seen the first one. We leave. 
And she's like, did you enjoy it? I was like, no, I fucking hated it. Oh, hated my God, every second dude. Of it. And she's like, are you serious? Like, I, it seemed like you were enjoying it. And I was like, no, I hated it. Like, it's like pegging. I fucking, it looks like I'm enjoying it, but I don't. And so we get home. The next day, I have, it rains. I work construction, so when it rains, I don't work. She goes to work. As soon as she leaves, I already have volume one. Galaxy, it's first a great one. movie. It's, it's so good. It's teed up, ready yeah. to go. And I, I'm, I even like out the blinds, like I'm about to jack off. Like I'm, dude, I honestly think that's like that, that intro with him dancing is probably one of the top 10 Marvel intros of all the movies. For sure. It's so good. But I, I had never yeah. seen the first one. Yeah. So yeah. Like, I'm, but I have continue. to make yeah, sure continue. she's gone yeah. before I watch this movie. And as I said, I love the second one. So she's gone. She's, she leaves. And it's like, 20, 30 minutes later, I was like, all right, it's my time. So I'm watching this movie, and she walks back in the door. And I would have rather have gotten <laughs> caught watching trans porn, anything, anything other than that movie. Yeah. I don't give a fuck how weird. Um, two, two Girls, One Cup, Two Kids in a Sandbox. I'd rather have gotten watch anything but that movie because the look on her face, I remember it to this day just so well. She was like, you like that movie? I was like, no, I just... I've never seen the first one, so I didn't understand what's going on in the second one. You know, <laughs> I would have, I would have gave anything to got caught watching any fucking thing else on the planet than than Guardians of the Galaxy one. Yeah, and and then the same thing with Suicide Squad. Did I love it? No. Wait, the the original one or the James Gunn one? The one with uh, with John oh. Cena, or the one with no Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Okay, okay, I, I okay. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It was uh, just there. Yeah. It was a cool spin on the Joker. I know he. everybody thinks he missed. Uh, it was just nice to see something different than the Jack Nicholson. I, 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 that's another one thing we talked about, like the wasted potential thing I see in a lot of stuff. Is like that one, David Ayer, the director, has basically disowned it. And then like he has begged Warner Brothers to let him do like an air cut, kind of like the Snyder cut of Justice League. Because yeah. like... That movie was cut after him, and it was reshaped and molded into a superhero movie, and it wasn't supposed to be like that. Right, it's supposed to be darker. Uh, it's supposed to be way darker. There's mm-hmm. so many subplots that are just cut um, to the point now where if you watch that movie and really look at it, the Joker does not affect the plot at all. At zero. You could take the Joker character completely out, and yeah. he does not affect anything. Yeah. Um, and none of it makes sense, and then like the first half of it is literally just like music video intros over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Like Each character like two got two or three intros. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah, Harley Quinn doing gymnastics. Yeah, and, and then like Deadshot, we had to see him both like two intros. Mm-hmm. Like why? Like it just it made no sense. And then all of a sudden it's like here's Katana, her sword yeah. possessed. Yeah, here's Slipknot, he's dead. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just... It was a weird movie. Yeah, it but was. like, have you watched the second one? Yeah, I love that one, dude. And I love Peacemaker. I was gonna say I love John Cena. I mean, movie. I have. I just got that Harley Quinn in the the Birds of Prey one because I love that movie too. I thought he was so fucking funny yeah. in that role, though. I, yeah. I I haven't watched the show. Please, uh, but please I, do. I love it too because it's, it's so it feels good. it feels so out of place for John Cena. Yeah, like so much so that like I'm a wrestling guy. I'm like, I see him completely separate as John Cena actor now. Like I can't yeah. like so much so like like when he was in wrestling, he always had like the the military haircut. Mm-hmm. And now he has his hair grown out when he's acting. Yeah. So when he goes back to WWE and I see a scene, I'm like, this looks. Weird. This is like multiverse John Cena. This is weird. This this is weird. Yeah. Because I'm like, why is John Cena the actor dressed cosplaying as a wrestler? It yeah. doesn't look we- right anymore. Yeah. I'm not. I said I. I don't know. My uncles were super into WWE and all that, but I watched a clip today. I, I never got into it as a kid. Um, 
We weren't allowed to. It was like yeah. playing soccer. We weren't allowed to do it because it turns you gay. Um, but I watched him uh, <laughs> when he went off script against The Rock. Yeah. And pointed out he reads shit off Does the notes. Does notes? Yes. Yeah. And The Rock got pissed? It was legit fucking yeah. anger right there. Yeah. And I loved it. I thought it was fucking awesome. Um, one of my favorite, there's a YouTube, shout out Botchamania. Mm-hmm. There's a YouTube channel, and all it is, a bo- do you know what a botch is? Yeah. Uh, a mess up. Yeah. So all they do is it's a clip show of all the best botches of, like, ad-lib lines. Like, whenever, like, like when Booker T, a black dude, dropped the N-word live on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, just, like, random flubs and shit. Um, yeah. Have you heard, have you seen the Shockmaster? Do you know of the Shockmaster? Uh-uh. As a Star Wars fan, I'm going to educate you, because Star Wars went into wrestling just for one brief appearance. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you the Shockmaster. So this is Sting, Ric Flair, and they're going to have this British Bulldog. They're having this epic, epic feud, and they're going to introduce their brand new tag team partner, this guy making his intro to WCW, the Shockmaster. Before you get carried away, who their special tag team partner is. All I have to say is our partner is going to shock the world because he is none other than... The this is live. They're trying to save it, but it's so bad. Got a stormtrooper helmet and they just spray painted it so yeah. much he couldn't even see out of it. Uh, it looks like he can't. Yeah, see out of it. and yeah. it just falls on his face. It he didn't know that, the helmet. He didn't know there was a board right there that was on a set because <laughs> it was just a frame and a fake drywall. This episode of Unloading Me is not brought to you by Ray Chatter Legends, and I know you're probably wondering, you're probably thinking to yourself, "Man, this ad break looks and sounds an awful lot like the other one, but without the hat." And you know what? You're a little right. But you're also forgetting that I changed glasses. Nice. Anyway, if you're tired of these fake ads, reach out to your favorite companies like Raid Shadow Legends. Tell them to sponsor this podcast unloading meat, and we'll get back to the show. Fucking love White Castle. I love White Castle, too. God damn. Uh, I actually... So, when I... My first... I'm not going to say the company. The first big carrier I worked for, for cell phones, I had to go to training in St. Louis. And I was there every weekend. And that's where I first discovered White Castle. And I would go yeah. there and eat that. And it, my hotel was right next to a White Castle. Oh, it's or so down the worth it. And it was, oh, yeah, I it's, love it. Even the fucking Frozen ones still hold over and actually still half decent. A fu- I it's a miracle. Agree. I don't understand how they're so good. But I don't they- either. My brother swears I like White Castle because none of my friends do. Yeah. But, I mean. There's just something about it. it it's, it's so good. It's so good. The only one I've... I've I've hammered my friends. Like when, every time we go, to, we go to St. Louis every year. Yeah. Like, dude, we got to get White Castle, and we always do. Usually, you're right there in downtown I wish St. There was Louis. One here. I, oh, uh, me too. They're based out of Wichita, and it's crazy. There's nothing here. There's nothing. There's not even one in Wichita. Like, like when Harold and Kumar did their whole shit about it, I was like, I can kind of understand, especially if you're hiding at the Munchies. Like that just sounds great. Oh yeah, you can smash fucking twenty of them little yeah. things. Out. Yeah. Um, so we went to one in Illinois, like right across the river, and. I was like, come on, you fucking, you know, you pussies. Let's eat White Castle. And, dude, it's the worst White Castle I've ever had, but I had talked so highly about it. Yeah. I had to eat it and pretend it was, like, the greatest thing. 
Like these buns, like they had dump, dumped. Like I'm pretty sure they cleaned the floor yeah. with them, and oh, they were. When you pull them apart, don't you hate that when you recommend it and it's the worst part uh, of that chain? It was, and I ate it like I loved it, and I I literally just shit fire and water for the next four days, and uh, I I had uh, so, so not that I'm a show for Red Lobster, but I like I like I like Red Lo- I love seafood, so like I was like mm-hmm. it was a treat. My parents you know weren't rich or anything, but it was, it was a special treat like once in a like, year or like that. Like, like hey, yeah, if you went let's to go Red to the Red Lobster. Lobster. You were like that was yes, the shit for sure. Um, so like that was always just a special thing growing up around this mm-hmm. area. Um, so like when I went to my, my trainings, uh, there was a time where we went to St. Louis and there's a red lobster by the hotel or mm-hmm. by the airport. Uh, it's, I believe it's St. Louis. Uh, yeah, it's St. Louis. Yeah. There's a, there's a red lobster by the airport. Mm-hmm. Did you know that it's segregated? I did not. It may not be ne- in 2011. It was. Where'd you sit? So... <laughs> I was like, hey, let's go to the Red Lobster, guys. Let's all go there. Because we had per diem from the fucking, you know, company and stuff like that. We had our meals comped. Uh-huh. I'll go there and, like, it's two, me and this white, this, you know, other white blonde lady. And we went there one time and didn't think anything of it. We just got seated and we were seated and everything was good. Didn't think anything of it. The next time we went with one black lady within our group and that was a conundrum because they didn't know where to seat us. And then we started noticing, like, there's a white side and it's all black staff. And then, like, there's no black people that sit on that side. It was like the sun sunroom kind of thing. And then you go to the bar side, and only the black people were seated at the bar. In 2011? Yeah. It was the craziest thing to where we were noticing. We are like, this is fucking awkward as fuck. And I think I even, like, tweeted or, fa- or MySpace did it at the time or something like that. I was just like, what the fuck are we, like, in the Twilight Zone? This was weird. Yeah. And it was the Red Lobster right by the fucking airport. And it, like... Total segregation in it. And it was like just an unspoken thing. They just seated all the people separately. That is crazy. Yeah. God. I, I would have went in blackface. And <laughs> like, it was just one of those things where like, the first time we went, we didn't notice. And then the second time we got seated and we kind of, it was a red flag. And then we just, it's very alarming when you notice it. Well, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, the food was good. <laughs> well, yeah. It's always good. Yeah. But Probably because they had the Mexicans play, cooking it. <laughs> I, uh, they had them in the back. Yeah. Yeah. They have their own area. Yeah. Um, I never noticed, and I grew up, you know, privileged and white. Um, you know, we had so much money because we're white. No, I'm just playing. Um, no, my dad did meth. We didn't have much money. Uh, Nothing like American. It was uh, the only time like, I witnessed racism, like, all, not necessarily, but could have happened in front of me. Uh, I don't know. It was probably eight years ago. I, I had r- turned at this green light on a not turn, you yeah. know, in this this. These super, super, super respectful, nice, like, maybe 18-year-old black kids ran into me. Like, 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. They were so nice. And then they were hanging out with this one. It wouldn't have made a fuck if he was white or black. He was just a piece of trash. Yeah. Um, like, they were so respectful that I'm like, why are you hanging out with this piece of shit, yeah. you know? And the police show up and all that. It was 100% my fault. I told the cop right off the bat, it's my fault. Yeah. And... They went to hand that cop their ID, and he went, no, 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 I'll, I'll fuck with you in a minute, word for word. And then it was like, I need to see your ID. I was like, okay. So I hand it to him, and they're like, well, uh, he said, so when did they hit you? But he started, like, kind of wording it like it was their fault. I was like, yeah. it was a green light. I wasn't supposed to turn. I turned, and I was bad time, bad place. He's like, okay, so when did they run the red light? I was like, they didn't run a red light. They were in the oh, right. F- I fucked up. Yeah. And... But it was, like, so blatant. I was like, holy shit. Like, is this really? 
am I that blind? Like, yeah. this is what they deal with on a daily basis? And I was like, just so you know, my family fought in World War II for Germany, you know? And he was like, okay, yeah, they're in trouble. I was like, okay, good. There is, uh, if you look up the Dude, Barbie. Dude, we're going to have to wrap this up. My stomach's gurgling. If you look up the Barbie family history, there's a there's a man named Klaus Barbie. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's spelled it's different. Klaus. But we are we are true related. Because <laughs> I've always joked about family in Germany and all that. And then I really started looking into this. Because uh, I've always, my grandpa was like, we had pieces of shit in our family in Nazi Germany. And he, he was the butcher of Leon or some shit. He would skin people. Oh, Jesus. And... I've never worried about it, you know. I, I'm, it's spelled different. We are related, but I moved on. You know, I didn't, you know, have depression over it. And uh, I signed into an open mic one night, and this other comic goes, "Barbie," I went, "Yeah." And are you a Nazi? No, not that I know. You know, yeah. And, uh, not today. Not yeah. today. <laughs> he was like, Klaus Barbie was a Nazi, and I knew exactly who he was talking about, but yeah. I was like, I don't know. Just play, just play dumb. <laughs> Never heard of the guy. And he was like, yeah, he's the biggest piece of shit. I was like, oh, well, I don't know him, you know. And yeah. I, but I've only been called that one time over it. But Are you sure Hitler wasn't up there? I mean, you know. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean. Just, if we're uh, not that we're ranking Nazis on this show, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, on that note, guys. <laughs> uh Dude, I got to thank you so much for coming on the dude, show. Dude, thanks for having me. Uh, where can everybody see you and follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, it's on Instagram. It's it's just at Garrett Barbie. Uh, TikTok is G Barbie Comedy. I have a Facebook page, G Barbie Comedy, or you can chat me as a friend. Okay. I, I'm I'm starting to max out on friend requests right now, but <laughs> uh, just everywhere. And man, I'd like to pitch shows, but I never know where the fuck I'm gonna be. Like I said, <laughs> I'm gonna be in Sarasota, Florida, for four days doing three shows, and then Plano and back here and. Well, man, thank Everywhere. you so much for coming on. I think this is the start of a good friendship. I really feel like I got to know you, man. Yeah, it's, dude. Been, it's been a pleasure having you on, man. I've enjoyed being here, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Guys, this has been Garrett Barbie. I'm Jared Ralphie Allen. This has been Unloading Meat. Peace. Peace. Bye. Have a great time.